The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again and welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts, and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I'm Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, available on BMC channels 9 and 29 and also on demand at belmontmedia.org. Org. And uh, actually, I should say BMC channels 28 and 29, uh, backed by popular demand. And because uh, any good movie or TV series must be either rebooted or loaded with sequels, I'm happy to be joined again by the hosts of Through the Lens and, of course, former uh, BMC uh, Golden Video winners, I believe. Yes. Uh, Matt Gandolfo and occasional TOST co blogger Mike Higgins. Hey, guys. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing out there? <laughs> I'm glad we're it, able to do this again. Yeah, I, you know, it's we're always... Able to, we're able to hook up one more time. Um, I, I love this new podcast studio that you've developed for me. Um, it's it's <laughs> lovely. It's the outdoor it's the outdoor podcast studio. Um, it's just... Ab- Maybe for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it really is a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we have uh, Matt here in studio once again. Glad he was able to make the trek out yes. from uh, Worcester. In central Massachusetts. Meanwhile, Mike is uh, out uh, in his home in uh, Maine, outside, as he just mentioned, in the great outdoors, enjoying all the. Uh, well, there's no mosquitoes where you are, right? I mean, you've kept you keep the bugs at bay over there, right? Well, excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry, my um, my my podcast hosting assistants had come out into the studio that to um to bring me the new script for the show. So, yes, I'm keeping the bugs at bay here. It's um. It's it's a tough it's a tough skill, but you know we've legislated them out of existence here in the outdoor podcast studio, so it's 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 a good thing. Well, we do have a lot uh, to get to here. Uh, of course, bringing you guys back, this is good timing. Uh, summer movie schedules and, of course, in full swing, and some of the big blockbusters have already come and gone and left the theaters mm-hmm. and already out on DVD, as you mentioned, Matt. Right. Um, uh, but uh, I thought I'd kind of throw – I just want to throw a little bit of sports because, hey, that's what I do. It's a sports show. So, <laughs> uh, first of all uh, – uh, I guess I'll, I'll try to ease Mike into the sports talk here by uh, uh, mentioning uh, some sad news earlier this week uh, coming from the uh, the WWE, uh, the passing, uh, the sudden and kind of tragic passing of uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, one half of the old Hart Foundation uh, back from my, my glory days as a fan when it was uh, the WWF, which I still like to refer to it as from time to time. Mm, uh, me Mike, too. Uh, yeah, well, uh, well, let me get your guys' thoughts, uh, you know, kind of, a, you know, I guess uh, I don't have all the details. Uh, he was only 63 years old, and apparently he fell at home and landed on his head and I guess uh, died from uh, complications uh, from the, the head injuries he sustained. So uh, yeah, I know it's a little uh, bit. There's a little bit more to it, Todd. Actually, um, he was suffering from Alzheimer's disease too. Um, oh, okay. So, and what what is sad is he was at the house of his daughter Natalia, who's actually a a wrestler, and it was actually supposed to be on Monday night when he passed away, and she obviously wasn't there. But it really is, you know, it's another one I can remember watching Saturday night's main event, watching him come in the ring at the pink and black, and the 
Mm-hmm. WWF, because they were WWF back then. Right, right. Tag yeah. team champion. So yeah, it was a sad. It was a sad loss. Yeah, no, I mean, he was, uh, that was one of my uh, favorite tag teams from back in the day. Jim was usually the uh, quieter one, if I remember. He, he let his actions uh, speak for himself in the ring. Brett was kind of more the Brett was man. Brett yeah. was the mouthpiece yeah. that was always mouthing off, yeah, absolutely. Well, and the other thing is, Todd, he does have another football connection. He was, a, he was on the, he was in the training camps of the Raiders, and I want to say the Cardinals, but I know the Raiders for sure, so he was a former, uh, professional football player never never made a game in the nfl but he was definitely he definitely um was on the squad for a little while i did read that in mm-hmm. his uh obit uh this week so uh, yeah no it was uh as i said uh, kind of uh, some sad news there uh trying to get yeah. to some happier news on the sports front uh, uh well, i gotta ask uh, both you guys uh your thoughts here on the the red sox who as we are recording this have already won 86 games it is august the 15th and they've already won 86 games, which, uh, if you compare it to some other teams of this decade, uh, they've actually already won more games than, than some of those teams won in a full season. Yeah. Um, 86, it, is 86 a lot? <laughs> well, it's not for a whole season, but it, it is when you've only lost 35. Out of 86 out of 117 is a lot. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They've lost how many? 35. <laughs> okay. So what you're telling me is they've failed 35 times. And you're going to coddle these guys by talking about, oh, they've lost 35 times. If, if, you know, if this was the Patriots, we'd be firing people for them to lose 35 times. How many times has Tom Brady lost in 10 years? It isn't 35 times. Get these guys out of here. Just get rid of them. 35 losses? That's disgusting. Ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, Mike Higgins with his audition tape for uh, for the uh, Boston sports radio uh, talk shows. Uh, there, you, you sound like you're in perfect form. Uh, I think they've already got a show lined up for you. Yeah, I, I may be. I may be what middays on EEI now. Now that I shuffle everything. <laughs> could yeah, be, could be. Yeah. I, and I didn't see that one yeah. coming from a mile away either. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's pretty amazing uh, what they're doing. It's it's almost like uncharted territory. You know, with when it comes to the well, it also, I mean, in the hundred and what hundred and ten, I think to go back to nineteen oh one, so one hundred eighteen year history of the Red Sox or of the uh, Boston franchise. I know they started right. as the uh, as the Pilgrims, but uh, the uh, they, the most wins in a season. Well, first of all, the Red Sox have only won a hundred games in a season three times. Three, yeah, and the record for, is one hundred five. I mean, they're on pace right now for I think one hundred and fourteen. Yeah, so. That, that's what's unheard if, of. If they can keep it all together, uh, then, you know, it's it's just an amazing run. So it, it's, it's good to see, have, you know. I have two thoughts. First of thought is do. the obvious one. <laughs> In this town, they win 114 games and don't win at all. There are going to be people lined up screaming out. This is a Crucified, failure. yeah. Oh, you don't think the local talk show hosts are already salivating at that very thought? <laughs> and, and the other thing is, now, as Todd and Matt know, I, I base all my sports fandom on just what I see. So if I watch them lose three games in a row, they're the worst team in baseball. I don't care if they've won 120 games. But I think they should play every interleague game in Philadelphia. Because I went to a game with Todd in Philadelphia. Josh Beckett hit the home run. <laughs> I sat down last night to watch the game. I turned it on. Rick Porcello cracked the double like I wouldn't believe I mean, just just get rid of the DH and let the Red Sox play every game in Philadelphia. I mean, we'll 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 win everything. 
Can I talk about that double by Porcello for a second? First of all, no. I've, I've now seen him hit two doubles. One I saw in person. He hit one at Nationals Park in D.C. Uh, about a month ago. I was at that game. Uh, last night I happened to be watching like you, Mike, and I saw him, uh, you know, again rip another one over an outfielder's head. And the, the head first slide into second base, I mean, even Eckersley, uh, who was doing the, uh, the the TV color work for Nesson last night, was, uh, uh, meant, you know, he just mentioned, whoa, you know, it's like uh, you got to be careful there. I mean, you know, what if, what if the second baseman had stepped on Porcello's pitching hand? That's not really something a, a pitcher ought to be doing. No, no. But you know what? They didn't. It was, it was a heck of a play. And I just I just – I remember the game Todd and I were at in Philadelphia and listening to the fans scream about Josh Beckett hitting a home run, which I think took about a week and a half to get out because I remember having an entire conversation with Todd while the ball was in the air. Basically, like, I think that, no, that can't be. No, that, that might go. No. It's too high. Well, yeah, no, you're right, Mike. I remember because we were sitting, we were in like the second or third deck behind home plate, and that looked like a routine fly ball you know, off the uh, the sound, oh. off the bat, and then we just kept watching it carry and carry, and we're going, no, that can't be still going, and then all of a sudden it, it's out there in the left center field stands. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that is, I mean, that Philly Park is a hitter's ball. You're right, I mean, uh, you know, it is a hitter's park, and uh, even the pitchers can hit there, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that there's the argument for uh, main, uh, not having the DH as part of the National League. That's why they... You know, that, that's the ballpark that can support the argument. Most of the other ballparks cannot. Right. No, most of it's just like, oh, let's bunt. Oh, good, yay. <laughs> more of that. And yet yet everyone in the National League, all these fans of the National League, think that that's brilliant. They want to see more of that. Like, they don't want to conform with the rest of not only the American League, but almost like every organized baseball league going that has DHs. We have a, we have a word for them. Moron. <laughs> Uh, well, it, it certainly it's, has been. It's so yeah. nice to hear you again, Mike. Yeah, it really. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has been a fun Red Sox season. And you're right, Mike, if they don't win the whole thing, it's going to be looked at as a disappointment. But uh, that's what happens. You know, they, they set the bar uh, this high. I mean, the one nice thing, and boy, can you only imagine if they were, you know, they're doing what they're doing, this Red Sox team. Imagine had they not won three World Series in the last, like, decade and a half. Uh, I mean, if they still had to say they still had the curse the of the curse. Bambino going, right? I mean, and they were doing this everyone, on top of it. Everyone would be like, "Don't, t- don't say, just don't say anything. You don't want to jinx it, right?" Just, or, or don't win, don't win all these games now. Let's right. save these till yeah, October. Exactly. <laughs> Why don't you lay down for a few and rest yourself for a bit? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. still gonna happen. You know, every time Chris Sale pitches. But you, you know what? I thought of this the other day, and I don't know what this means, but it it follows the pattern. And it follows a pretty distinct pattern. The Red Sox have had, um, you know, every time they've, you know, with the exception of 2007, you know, they won a World Series in 04. That was Francona's first year. Mm-hmm. They won a, they won the World Series in 13 in, um, oh, my God, I've already blocked his name out of my head, his first year. John Farrell. John Farrell, Farrell. yes. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking Will Farrell. Um, <laughs> get off the shed. Yeah, get off the shed. Um, and then they're going to win the. They, they have a good chance to win the, the World Series now. It's Cora's first year, so there you go. I think we should fire the manager every year. Or we win the World Series every year. Yeah, that's an interesting Theory. thought. Uh, <laughs> I am a visionary. I don't know, not know why I'm not running a team. I'm a visionary. Can't imagine why. Yeah, it's a mystery. Uh, <laughs> you guys have any quick thoughts on the Patriots before we pivot into a movie talk for the rest of the evening? No, I'm sick of Tom Brady. I really don't care if he plays or not plays. Just get in there and play. I don't really care what you did in the offseason. 
Yeah, but well, he has to play because they they traded away the the all time Hall of Fame backup uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, who, who's now? I mean, he's going to Canton, and he won't need a ticket. I mean, you might as well get that bus. Uh, you might as well start getting that bus ready for him now. I guess what I mean is all the crap about oh, well, they, uh, you know, is, is it a turmoil? So they can, I don't care. Just play. Mm. I just want to sit down sixteen times on a Sunday. And and have a beverage and watch the game and then say okay I'm in such a taste I really don't want to hear the drama in the background. It's 19 times, Chief. Get it right. Yeah, well. Okay. <laughs> well, in 23, if you count the preseason, jeez. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. First of all, I watched the first preseason game. That was the boring football. I only watched the first half. Yeah. It was boring. I'm going to probably miss a game or two, so I'm, that's why I said 16. Oh, okay. You no, know, I. Right. I'm not that dedicated of a fan. I, you know, I, I miss a game or two here and there. Well, hopefully you're not going to miss that big Sunday that you know we have planned up at the uh, at the Higgins Baker household. Uh, we want to uh, see the uh, you know uh, have you Mike with your uh, your smoker and uh, the cooking of the the meats and everything. And uh, I don't know if you I don't know if that, well you have to pick a game and see if it's smoke worthy. <laughs> you know if you pick a bad game you might get a ham sandwich. You pick a good game, you get the fresh smoke. Will the ham be smoked at least? <laughs> yeah, we, we're going. We're going with tiered level party. Oh, um, so if the jet, the jets, everyone gets a peanut butter sandwich. Yikes! <laughs> you know, one of the other games. I think that Packers game, which is a night game. Well, that no one will come over because I don't invite people for night games because I like to go to bed at halftime. Actually, the Jets' quarterback there, Darnold, the, the rookie. I mean, I guess he had a, a pretty they're decent. The Jets, fr- they'll find a way to screw it up. Yeah. They're, they're the Jets. I mean, the season's over. I mean, you know, the division's over. I mean, you know, I don't know why those three teams bother to play. I have a friend who's a Buffalo Bills fan. He keeps telling me they're going to be good. And I keep looking at him going, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, you know, speaking of finding a way to screw up, and I want to recommend this to both you guys, uh, if you have HBO or if you don't and you can access the on-demand, this year's uh, Hard Knocks, uh, they are uh, profiling uh, the Cleveland Browns, the, oh, the Browns wow. of one and thirty-one over the last two seasons, and yet Hugh Jackson back for another year, <laughs> despite well, that incredible how losing how percentage. Give us your HBO login information right there over the podcast, and we'll watch. <laughs> I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that at all, actually. <laughs> but uh, I will say this: so far, the first couple episodes, boy, that team. You know, as a Patriots fan, all I can say is I'm glad I'm not that franchise. They are a hot mess, and there's a good reason uh, why. Todd, 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 Todd. What? <clears throat> he's gonna no, he's gonna mention that we weren't okay. we were pretty okay. much that hot mess so for quite a while before. I'm glad 21, I'm not a fan of that They're inept. They're a hot mess. So your memory? Are, are you suffering from some kind of memory cognition because the Patriots were the Cleveland Browns? Um, you know, granted it was 1989, but yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we've been spoiled. <laughs> we we really have. Well, you should be sympathetic to the Cleveland Browns. That's right. <laughs> I mean, they're so bad they can't even have a logo on their helmet. That is true, but they did add the stripe, I believe, right? Or, they always have the stripe. Right, or... And they've got LeBron. Oh, um, no, they don't. No, so no. really, there's nothing left for them. Basically, just shut the city down. Well, they do have Jarvis Landry, who they, uh, that was their big free agent signing. Jarvis Landry. Actually, I think Des Bryant is supposed to be interviewing with the uh, Browns this week. For what? Is he going to be like a PR guy? Uh, no, I believe he's going to be a wide receiver. Something the Patriots are in a little bit of need of at the moment with uh... Oh, God. Yeah, whatever. Let's move ahead. I don't want to talk to the Patriots. No, that's fine. Well, well, speaking of a long time ago, and as we get to our uh, first movie review, I'm thinking here, 
Uh, this particular movie franchise, uh, which just had another uh, big summer blockbuster, first began, I can't believe this, it was 1996 when the first Mission Impossible movie uh, came out. I mean, boy, 1996, uh, uh, Time Out for Sports Talk was only in its uh, second or third season, and uh, Mike Higgins was actually a part of the show back then. Uh, and wow. uh, <laughs> How far I've come! I've acquired a house, a child, and a dog since then. <laughs> Way to go on the dog! That's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> this is the accomplishment of the of that time frame. Oh, Teddy! I, I was going to say, I'm sure Teddy thinks so. Yeah, well, of course he does. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's you know he's got delusions of grandeur, so I think he's trying the stunts of Mission Impossible, you know. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I'm just thinking. You know, it's hard. To, I mean, I remember seeing that first uh, that first installment mm-hmm. in the movie theaters. In fact, Mike, I might have, I probably ended up seeing it with you. I, I imagine since Six, you ninety six more, more than likely, yeah, probably. But yes, yeah, I know, right? I mean, that was before you uh, before you reunited with your uh, your soulmate and uh, your better half now. And uh, Hello, came to Massachusetts North. Yep, that's yep, yep. yep. And uh, before you, you know before we hooked make, up you want, at, you at uh, get, you B. I was going to say, 96 was before the Wrecking Crew, too, which, right. of course, is the Through the, yeah. the, through the Lens production before. crew. Uh. You, really want to, you really want to be loved up here? Refer to Maine as Massachusetts North. They love it. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I kind of doubt that. <laughs> Mike, you realize this fall is going to be the 25-year anniversary of, like, when we first met? I remember it so well. I don't think you've played basketball since then. <laughs> that, was, that was just a beatdown like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. It's amazing too, because uh, over the twenty-five years, the beatdown gets worse, gets and, worse and worse. Yeah, and Mike worse. is like each more and more dominant. Each time it's told, yeah, he's like eight feet tall now, and like just you know what, uh, breaking backboards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, on my back, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, no. that's a long time, twenty-five years. But yeah, um, I, I will twisting it painfully back into the subjects of the movies, um, with the exception of Mission Impossible Two, which was directed by John Woo, which was better left said to be terrible. Um, this is a rare movie franchise that actually gets better. It's also, by the way, I don't mean to cut you off there, Mike, but it's also the rare movie franchise where they took an existing TV program, which had a very popular cult following, and the movie version, which even though it may not totally resemble the original TV series, has also done very well on its own and you know has turned it into a, a successful movie franchise. Uh, Star Trek might be one of the other big ones that uh, was right. able to do that. But, of course, they maintain the, the same story. I mean, same characters and everything. Well, that's the Brady Bunch, too. Yeah, okay, back to Mission Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) They stopped at two Brady Bunch movies, by the way, and I believe the second one, uh, I I believe they were, uh, I believe when we were watching that in the theaters, Mike, which I'll admit to, uh, I think they actually were taking the film, uh, the film reels out of the theater uh, right after. uh, Right after they were, just came off the school. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) threw them into the uh, the bonfire. Well, the original Brady Bunch movie, is still holds up, okay? Oh, um, yeah. No, I'll give you the first one. Yeah, the first one was, yeah, they, definitely. They did make a third one, but it was a made-for-TV movie, which I didn't even see, but it involved Mike Brady getting elected for president of the United States, so. No, it didn't, really? Yes, they did. With the same cast? Yes. And he had all the toilets taken out of the White House bathrooms, because that's what he believed, so I, you know, there you go. But anyway. Mission Impossible. I believe. Matt's giving you a look like he doesn't get that. Matt, you know the TV series. If you, if you ever remember, no, I, you didn't I remember. See the I'm toilet just, on I'm, the, no, uh, I'm uh, I'm trying to. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to remember if I ever heard of heard of that ever, and I don't know that I did. <laughs> so, 
heard of what? The, the, the third movie that he's Oh, I, no, I didn't heard of the third movie either. Actually, well, let's yeah, just staying on current events with the Brady Bunch. Uh, uh, the, uh, the house was recently up for sale, the original house. The, the, for the exterior, the exterior shots, yeah. Yeah, and uh, HGTV purchased it. Uh, they uh, beat out uh, the with the former NSYNC guy there. Uh, uh, yeah, I forget who and it was. And I guess HGTV wants to bring restore the house back to, like, 70s. It's 70s glory. Right, yeah. but now apparently the neighbor the neighborhood is all up in arms because it's going to involve a lot of uh, bulldozers and uh, cranes and noise. And, well, we can't have any of that. Not in my neighborhood. Not in my neighborhood. First, first, first of all, house, the house doesn't look like anything like it on the inside. In fact, there's no way they can bring it back to original 70s glory because if you look at the exterior of the house and then the interior of the set, they don't match up. Second no, of all, they never did. I was going to buy the damn house because I had, I, because I am, in fact, as we all know, a visionary. I was going to buy the house, not restore the inside, because the inside still looks like out of the 70s. If you look at the photos from the inside, and just rent it as an Airbnb. Come stay in the Brady house. I would have recouped that $1.8 million in about two years. But unfortunately, I'm a visionary without, without venture capital. Sounds like some pretty expensive nightly rates, too, if you were going to recoup and, and, it. And, and my wife, who is the finance director of the family, also uh, would not approve the the outlay for $1.8 million for the Brady Bunch house, even though I thought it was a solid event. Yeah, I mean... No. However, the conversation did get my daughter to binge-watch every episode of the Brady Bunch in literally a week. Yeah, I can't believe that your uh, your daughter, Allie, uh, who is uh, what, nine. still yeah nine years old, she might be the youngest fan of the Brady Bunch going right now. It's because uh, yeah. I don't know many other folks. She, she her age literally there. watched every episode. She did it in the week. And did she enjoy it? Did she like the show? Yes, yes. I watched three episodes with her, and I came down like a day and a half later, and she was on the fourth season. <laughs> she watched every one in order. I can't figure that out. But does she have a favorite so, character or anything, or a favorite show, or a scene, or something? With Marsha, I don't know. I I was oh. just trying to avoid the theme song. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, there we go. Hey, let's let's steer this on back to again TV. We were talking about TV shows. Mission Impossible. That, yes, Mission Impossible. Well, you know, again, 1996 was the first uh, installment, uh, and now of course they are up to the uh, sixth movie. And Tom Cruise has still played the uh, lead character, and of course now he's got executive producer credits. And the thing that jumps out to me uh, is I, I saw this movie, and I know Mike, you did too. And I had uh, been reading before I went to see the movie. That Tom Cruise, who is, by the way, 56 years old, so he uh, outranks us all in the age department, is still doing his own stunts, and in fact is doing most of his own stunts. And Matt, I know you didn't see the movie, but if you see some of the scenes from this, or maybe if you've seen some of the the, the clips of it, you mm -hmm. know, there's a scene where he's flying a helicopter, you know, over mountains. He did that alone. I mean, it, I am, you know, he's like he's like a throwback. I mean, how many uh, actors do all their own stunts, let alone someone who's who's Cruise's age? I mean, I don't, I can't even think of anybody that age who's doing their own stunts still. Todd, Todd, the, the, the helicopter thing wasn't even the most impressive. It was the the halo jump, which was the, was the um, high altitude, low open parachute jump that they did near the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Oh yeah. They really did that, and they had to do it. I want to say it was it was over a hundred times between practice and shooting, and that is insanely dangerous. Mm -hmm. And he did every jump. Now, the job I want to have, being a visionary. Is the guy that writes the guy the guy that collects the insurance premiums on this guy on a movie because this, 
it's a it's unreal. Well, that's that's the biggest reason why a lot of a lot of actors yeah. don't do it either, just because the insurance won't either won't let them or they don't want to fork out the cash for it. You know the job I want in that movie? I want to be Tom Cruise's stunt double because I get paid. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Because I believe he did have a stud double who just sat there and did not do any of these stunts. But they still have to hire one. They still had to train him and do it all and, right. and all that wonderful stuff. Right. Just no, I, I got to tell you, I mean, you know, that, you know, you can say what you want to know Tom Cruise, uh, you know, on a personal standpoint. And, you know, when you look at some of his religious beliefs and whatever, well, uh, get, he's, he's way out there. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but, you know, one of the first R-rated movies I ever got to see by myself was Risky Business. So uh, <laughs> so my, my Tom Cruise movie watching goes back a long ways. Right. And uh, just, you know, to see what he's doing in this. Well, by the way, he also looks like he's barely aged, too. He's got the Dick Clark thing going mm-hmm. uh, where even at 56, he still looks like he's, you know, probably in his, uh, in his well, 30s. 30s. Anyway. So yeah. 35. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but, you know, this is just, uh, yeah, this is crazy. And yet, uh, you know, good for him. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, what he's been able to do. I mean, I, I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, uh, stunts and all. I mean, you know, that's all the more impressive. But, uh, they, you know, the, the fact they can keep kind of churning out these these good storylines every few years. And, and I guess, uh, Mike, uh, Tom Cruise has mentioned he's not done. Like, they want to, they, they've got some more chapters uh, uh, in this franchise and they want to bring to the big screen. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, the best part I think of this movie is it was ridiculous. But I mean that in a good way, because it's one of those movies you watch, you're like, oh, give me a break. I mean, it was, it, 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 the one thing I will say against it, and I did not know this going in, and I wish I had, is it is a direct, I, I'm used to these Mission Impossible movies pretty much being standalone. This one is a direct sequel of, Rogue Nation, the one that came two or three years ago, which I'd seen. I didn't remember all that well, so it was a little confusing at the beginning because there were characters that basically just continues the story, and there are characters that they introduce but don't really introduce, and it's it's a continuation of a longer story. So I, I had a little bit of a hard time getting into it. Um, but there was some, yeah, there was some great action set pieces, as always. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, some great casting. I especially liked um, Vanessa Kirby as the White Widow. She had a very, very small role, but she was kind of the one that brokered all the deals. And I've seen her before. She is in the Netflix series The Crown. She plays Princess Margaret, and I really liked her in that. She was very good in this kind of. Nebulous. What is what is her motivation? Character. She played it really well, uh, but the action scenes were just. <laughs> are you kidding me? You know. And, and then at the end, it was like, oh god, how much more are they going to do with this? But it was one of those. It was a popcorn movie. You sit there and you eat your popcorn and you go, I was entertained. It was really good. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you, it is thoroughly entertaining. And then when you factor in Cruz doing his own stunts, you know, you, there's actually a bit of realism to the insanity of mm-hmm. these, you know, this you know, contrived plot. But yet, you know, right, it's 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 a great two hours of fun. And, you know, you don't even realize the time just flies by as you're, you're in the theater. And, and yes, I did stay awake through the whole thing, oh, good. in case you were wondering. Oh, no, I know Mike uh, probably was. Mike probably was, I wouldn't yeah. see it at 930 at night. That, that you know. Uh, as, oh, I went in the afternoon. <laughs> I, just I went at sure. 30 in line. Let me tell you, it was a little touch and go near the end. It was like, <laughs> ooh, we're pushing midnight. I'm out with the big kids. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's good to uh, six movies in, what, 22 years? So they're not really oversaturating, you know, kicking out six movies in eight years or nine years like some franchises try to do. 
So and it's they nice even that bring they spread in, them out uh, a little bit. Yeah, they even bring in other uh, guests, uh, you know, guest actors. Uh, Henry Cavill, Cavill, the Cal- guy who played uh, Superman. Cavill, yeah, yeah whatever you yeah, say. And his, and his mustache. And his, and mu- his right, mustache, right, right, and his seventies mustache, right out of the, <laughs> straight out of the nineteen seventies. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy responsible for for one half of the uh, team that completely ruined Batman versus Superman. But I digress on that one too. Yeah, story for another time. Wait a minute, I thought <laughs> Ben Affleck played the. Oh, I'm sorry, Cavill played. Cavill right. played Superman. Right, right, right. right. Okay, never mind. Half of. Right, right. Okay. Right. Uh, did you have it? Okay, well. Uh, then that's fine. I mean, did you have any other thoughts about that, uh, about Mission Impossible? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and, you know, clearly they'll move on. It's, it's well cast. It, just, it, it moves along. It doesn't drag anywhere. Um, you know, it, it, it was just one action sequence after another. I mean, it, it's a good move. It, you know, it's, it, it, it's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar. Because they're doing that new category, which we might touch on later. We'll but get to that will. later. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it, it is. What it is. I mean, it, it was it was exactly what it. It didn't try to be anything more than um, just a big, empty, sugar-filled action movie to gorge on on a summer night, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I'll wrap up my thoughts by saying I like the way you know because uh, I I don't know about you, Mike. I have not seen all six of the movies. In fact. I think I may have bailed after the first or second one, so it's been a while since I've seen one. And yet, even though they had some of the callback features, like you said, that were continuing off the Rogue Nation movie, uh, I didn't feel like I was really missing out because that you still had a great self-contained story within that movie that you didn't feel like you were missing out because you you maybe hadn't seen all the other installments. Yeah. No, it was the story was contained. There were just characters coming in. I was like, oh, well, you know, I've been seeing you in a while, and, and it was like they just moved on. I'm like, where? Who the hell is that? Was the Alec Baldwin character uh, was he a callback to to a? He was in Rogue Nation, yeah. Okay. And the, and the woman that was ended up working with him, who was you know, she was she was in the other movie, and I couldn't remember her. So I was a little lost for a little while, but then I just said, you know what, I thought. What about the former wife there? Was she also? She had been in a few movies too. Okay, I don't think she was in the first Perfect. one though, was she? I don't. I mean, again, it was twenty two years I don't, ago. She so was I don't on remember. the first. I kind of just I okay. kind of moved ahead. I kind of moved ahead. Yeah, the movies are so old that um, the first movie actually featured Emilio at the bed. Wow. Yes, it did. Yeah, he, uh, yes. he he was in that now that you mentioned it. I totally forgot about that. Wow. That was in between his uh, Mighty Ducks schedule, I guess, or whatever else he Something. was uh, shooting at the time. Uh, all right, well, uh, you know, uh, staying on the summer action movies, uh, we'll next go to uh, one of the installments from the uh, Marvel series, I hope I'm right on this, because uh, I did not see this movie, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the second yes. installment in the uh, Ant-Man series, and Matt mm-hmm. and Mike, I'll let you guys uh, talk about this one. It's what the off, 20, I think it's the 20, uh, 19th or 20th movie in the... Nin- 19th, I 19th, okay. 20th will come out. And how many have you guys each seen out of those? Uh, all of them. <laughs> yeah, I've seen them all. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I bow to your greatness. Uh, <laughs> and, um, it, it, they're entertaining. Um, it was good. Uh, you know, the uh, the plot picks up, you know, about two years after the uh, the events of the first uh, Ant Man movie, um, and shortly, uh, or actually, two years after. Um, uh, Civil War, the Captain America Civil War, because Scott's Scott Lang is on house arrest for two years for his involvement in that, 
and he's just right at the tail end of that that uh, home, house arrest sentence. So, you know, he's trying to be good and stay out of trouble, and trouble kind of finds him, and you know, madness ensues like it normally does. Um, it, it was it was very entertaining. Um, some tie-ins, you know, later on. There's, you know, some. It's laying some groundwork for the next Avengers movie coming out in 2019, um, and you know, I'm sure Mike caught that all as well. Did you Did you stay for the all of the extra yes, scenes? Yes, I did, I did okay. stay for the for the credit the end credit scene, which is the only tie-in, which actually was probably one of my favorite Marvel end credit scenes because of the way it it, it ties into the the Avengers movie, which that ending was just such an upbeat, feel-good ending. Right, 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 um, right. <laughs> I, you know, and actually, it was it was completely appropriate because through mm-hmm. the whole time, through the through the whole time through Ant Man, you, you you knew what what happened in the previous Avengers movie, and um, but they had never really fixed in time in that whole universe where this movie was taking place until that end credit scene, and then you realize exactly when it was taking place and what it sets up. Um, and I, you know, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a perfect, almost you want to call it a palate cleanser after the, the Avengers um, Infinity War, which was really heavy, really good, right? Really dense. I mean, there's a lot, there's of, a lot of there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So to have this kind of light, very funny romp mm-hmm. with some great special effects. I mean, I've never seen a Hello Kitty Pez used in an action movie <laughs> so effectively. Right. 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 Um, and you know, completely well cast, very, very funny, very off the cuff, um, and then it ties right back into the end. And in fact, I think it gives a big key to how that movie's going to go with what they did. And I don't want to say it because yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to so get into that either. I have some there, theories but, about that myself. Um, but there's I, I, concepts in this movie that I think are going to be incredibly important come when it comes to uh, the. Uh, Infinity War, or the next Avengers, Avengers Four. They, it, yeah, no official name has been released yet. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was. But, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, 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 as as we both said, we've seen all of the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. um, and everything in the cinematic universe. This is this is something that's, you know, it's an incredible achievement because they've made nineteen or twenty completely interconnected movies in this giant universe that stretch from outer space to other dimensions and and they've all been very entertaining and very well done and with these callbacks and everything in there um, they're incredibly well done and you know that every few years they tie them back together in this massive movie and I think next year's Avengers movie is going to feature even more characters if you, if you can believe it yeah well um, there's going to be a couple introduced uh, well uh, at least one big main character introduced in the in uh, movie right before Avengers comes out, uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel. Right. So she's Ooh. and she's going to be a play a big part in that in that uh, Avengers story. I'm pretty sure. Well, too. and and then there was a slip up from I think it was Evangeline Lilly who plays the Wasp uh, mentioned that they had shot a scene for Avengers four and mentioned like all the characters were and they were like, oh, that's interesting that they were all in the same scene uh, because. If you watch the movie, I wasn't sure that would be possible, but evidently they're right. going to undo some things. But yeah. so yeah, it, it's you know Ant Man and the Wasp standing on its own is is a comedy kind of funny action 
superhero movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought it, you know, I was I was a little bit worried it might get lost this year after following up uh, Black Panther, which was, you know, a juggernaut, and then uh, Infinity War, which was an even bigger juggernaut than Black Panther. That this was going to be like the uh, the ugly little cousin of the bunch and not get much attention, but it seems to be doing okay for itself uh, yeah. you know, as a standalone. It's, act- it's actually, um, for Marvel, it's a historic movie that I didn't realize until I read an article on it. It's the first Marvel movie where a female character has been a title character. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's the first one. Are there going right. to be? Uh, are there plans to make any more Ant Man movies? Uh, just with just with the Ant Man or the Wasp character? I mean, is it? Uh, I'm sure that there because will be, given that uh, so far it's made uh, 448 million worldwide. I'm sure there's a, a third movie coming sometime, uh, probably in the 2022. Uh, yes, I'd say 2021, 2022 time frame. Yeah. Okay, oh, but, would but, be my but, guess. But, yeah, from the mind standpoint, yes. From the from the storytelling telling standpoint, mm, we'll see. Well, it, it, they may not. They may just start mixing things up and putting people in other, you know, mixing but, into other but, movies but of like course, they did you before. You never know. I mean, you know, money always talks because um, there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out, which you know, if they had gone truly by storytelling, you say, well, that's that's an interesting concept. Right now, it sounds like from what you guys are saying, as someone who has not seen all nineteen uh, Avengers <laughs> movies and doesn't plan to, that I could still go see like the first two, Ant, you know, these two Ant Man movies and enjoy them as kind of standalone stories. And I, I did see some of the mm-hmm. the main Avengers movies, so I can kind of tie it in through there. You're you saying you can that jump that's... into any of these. The thing is, you can jump into yeah, anywhere in the timeline. Any of these movies, yeah. and. I, I, if you've seen a couple of the Avengers movies, I, I, I think Infinity War might be a little hard because there's just so many characters in it that you, you might be like, well, who the hell is this guy? And, you know, how is the Guardians of the Galaxy now, you know, down with... Who's the talking raccoon? I mean, but... So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, you can jump in and out of them. I mean, the Ant-Man's for sure. For sure. You yes. Can. Yeah, those if if there were no universe, those would be perfectly self-contained, uh, and you'd have no problem okay. with that at all. Well, speaking of all of these, are you guys are you guys done talking Ant Man? Because yeah, I wanted to. Right. Well, I, I was going to bring this into one of the. I think it's one of the Avengers movies, the Deadpool movies. That's part of the Avengers universe too, or no? No, not it is not. Okay, it is, well, it is, it is Marvel property uh, along with Fox, which is now. Okay, I was wondering why you left it out when you were running through all the movies that were out this summer, Be- and that's I guess why. because that's okay. why it's not part of the same fabric, the same universe. There, uh, it is. It is a Marvel. It, they are Marvel characters oh, okay. that were owned by Fox. Uh, and Disney is the purchase, the buyout of Fox has been approved mm-hmm. in the U.S. Uh, right. They need to get some international approval now uh, for every country that they operate in uh, to do that. Every same country. as they did. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be it'll be sometime probably next summer uh, or next spring or summer before everything becomes official. But then Disney will then own the rights to all of Fox's uh, IP. Um, so the theory is is that a lot of these Fox characters, um, not so much Deadpool. Deadpool is since Deadpool, Deadpool is established as an as an R rated uh, mm-hmm. series, they're not going to touch that. They're going to leave that alone. They will release that under their Touchstone brand, which has the ability to uh, release 
R-rated movies, and they will keep everything else under the Disney umbrella and keep them all PG-13. So okay. you're going to start to see a lot of mixing of the X-Men and things like that into the Marvel Universe, That's but it's probably actually, not going to happen for a good four thought, or five years. It gets, to a, it gets to a level, and it's really kind of interesting with this um, different rights for all these characters, is um, you, you get to a level where uh, there are certain characters like the X-Men and for a while Spider-Man, but that was renegotiated back because they realized that... Um, Sony, Sony Fox couldn't make a Spider-Man movie to save their life. <laughs> um, it gets to a point like they can't use the word mutant in the Marvel in universe. The, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because the X-Men are mutants, and that's owned by it's owned by Fox. Um, Universal Studios has the right to use the Marvel characters in theme parks east of the Mississippi River. So, like, if you go to Disney World. They can't have, other than some merchandise, any Marvel characters in the park. It gets to the point that if there's a mo an advertisement on the outside of the monorail, those monorails can't go into the parks. So it's this really long, you know, convoluted legal legal thing that's probably going to get sorted out just because Disney just decided they're going to buy everything. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty sure, pretty soon, Chad, you, you're going to be contacted by the mouse, and your show's going to be owned by Disney. <laughs> so. Well, good. That should increase the listenership, I would say. <laughs> I was yeah, say. I would hope. In fact, in fact, in fact, you get into this Disney Fox sale. Um, the, the scope of what's going to be owned by Disney, a certain very famous cartoon television family that's been on for close to thirty years, mm -hmm. is now going to be Disney characters. Right. Oh, that's right. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, I did hear about that. Yeah. Be owned by Disney, which is fascinating to me. Mm. <laughs> Um, it's I, Disney. Yeah, I mean, appar <laughs> apparently they're not uh, they're not going to be allowed. They're they're going to have to sell off all of their uh, the regional sports uh, divisions. Yes, those that will I all know, have right. to be the Fox you know, sports yeah, those networks. Will, yeah, those, those will are... be dissolved. But you know, other than that, um, it's 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 well, they won't be dis for, I mean, no, not dissolved. Be, yeah, I mean, be the networks will get bought by off, right, somebody, right? Right, exactly. Well, uh, well it, it, it's a, divested is the word. Yeah, that was that was the word. Trying to remember that's and and this is this is kind of movie centric. But it's, a, it's an interesting deal because it also, it also gives Disney now the right to all of the Star Wars movies. Uh, because, hold on, I'm making a good point. You guys are still there? Yeah, we're still here. We are, but where are you? I was, can you hear me now? I can hear you great, but I still... I was... I was making We're not going to hear the sound of plumbing going on, are we? I would no, say I'm, you could... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the... I dropped the... I, well, I don't know. I, I don't know where you went. I just thought you were trying, you were trying to stay with us. I just wanted to say you could leave if you had to. No. Um, okay. <laughs> I own the rights to the original Star Wars movie. Because when Lucas, Lucas uh, signed the deal, Fox owned all the distribution rights to Star Wars A New Hope. So Disney owns everything else but a new hope. So with this with this sale, they'll be they'll be able to own and distribute and re-release the first Star Wars movie. They own the characters, but they don't own the, they don't own the rights. They didn't own movie. the rights to distribute. I yeah. was not aware of that. So. I do love the way whenever we uh, get together, and, or whenever you guys get together and talk movies, even when it feels like there's no way we're going to get Disney and Star Wars in, yet we still work we them still in anyway. To get them it's in amazing. I know. This time we can blame it on mega media mergers. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, I'll skip over Deadpool then. I is all the only thing I will say By the way, is Deadpool too. 
phenomenal. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. And speaking of endings, the ending of that was great, too. Uh, (laughs) By the way, they finally found the perfect superhero for Ryan Reynolds to play. I mean, this is smart smart alecky and, you know, just wisecracking. I mean, that's right up his alley. The the end credit scenes that they actually used were hysterical. And they actually cut one out. They, because yeah. they, were afraid, they, they they realized that it would be a little too offensive. Well, they they played that. I know exactly what scene you're talking about, and they did play that for a few test audiences, and it really uh, turned people Can we say off. what it is, or, I mean, it's just... It's Let's just, just say he went back he w- to... Uh, <laughs> Nine, uh, two eight, guys, a girl, and a pizza place? No, he goes back no. to 1893 or something like that. Austria. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> he's in a, nurser, he's <laughs> in a nursery in Austria in, in the late 1800s. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, so but if you, if you, and I, I, I'm not even going to get into reading the scene because I read the scene and I have a sick sense of humor. Yeah, it was hysterical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, ha- I have I have I have I have seen a version of it though. Um, but yeah, it is it it's pretty dark. But and like I said, they did play it for a few test audiences and decided to remove it. So in the theatrical yeah. release, it wasn't there. I'm sure it will be on the DVD release. Yeah, so yeah. it's All a right. great movie though. I, I really enjoyed. I enjoy a good, funny, R-rated superhero movie. Yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed it too, Mike. I mean, the fact I saw the first one on on one of the movie channels on TV, and it, it kind of convinced me that I was not going to wait and see the next one that way, and I actually went in into the theaters earlier this summer and uh, caught that one. I know that was kind of an early beginning of the summer season release, yeah. uh, right before Infinity War, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that one was good. Uh, one other movie I wanted to mention uh, that, that I actually saw this weekend, kind of in preparation for our show here, uh, and uh, speaking of superheroes and speaking of, uh, you know, we, we keep talking about all these sequels and franchises, and, you know, I remember back, I still can't believe this that and I actually ran into someone in the theater who, who kind of turned to me when this started because at the very beginning of The Incredibles 2 the characters come out and they mention it's been 14 years since the first one and someone turned to me like was sitting next to me and went has it really been 14 years it, it feels like yesterday and I'm going yes thank you yes it did feel like yesterday uh, and in fact it, for me it was yesterday because I actually had DVR'd the original one because I wanted to see them back to back uh, you know, that movie, when, it, when the first one came out in 2004, I thought, you know, Pixar was, like, ahead of its time, the way it was shot, the way it looked, the artwork and everything. And then not on top of that, you had great acting, great writing. You had a good storyline. It was compelling. It was just a – it was really fun. And I, I guess the reason they waited 14 years is they were just waiting to be able to come up with another perfect story. And you know what? Having now seen the second one, I'm – Maybe I'm glad they waited 14 years because, you know, it, you know they rolled this one out and it, it picks up right where the first one leaves off and it, it doesn't miss a beat. Uh, Mike, did you see it? or uh... I, I saw it and loved it, and it, it, it illustrates the beauty of Pixar because they're a very director-centric studio. So Brad Bird, who directed the first one, basically owned that movie, and that's why you didn't see another one get rushed out because... No one else was going to do it but him, and he basically said, "I'm not going to do it till I do a good story." And it was phenomenal. It was it was one of the better superhero movies of the year. I mean, it was it was a well told story. It was very um, what what strikes me is, and it's not it, it's hard to figure, but it's also a movie set in the past. I mean, the the time frame of these movies is the '60s. And it was—it's not obvious until you really look at it that it's—it's. It's, it's, yeah, you're right. I, I guess now that I—I I, I didn't. Yeah, think it, it. it's set in the '60s, but but you really have to look at it and go, okay. Um, 
The music definitely feels sixties ish mm. for sure. Yeah, right? it, it's it's a very stylized, very well, very well directed story, and that's the thing. There was a good story to this. I mean, it wasn't just you know, and and having a nine year old and, and Matt having having his kids. You know, we get dragged to some of these kids' movies, um, like Angry Birds movie or Hotel Transylvania. I didn't see the third one, but the second one, that you just want to rip the eyes out of your head. <laughs> Scratch it <laughs> out, yeah. I remember one called Norma of the North about a polar bear that wanted to be a, a businessman. I wanted to rip the eyes out of my head because it's just, and you do it because, you know, it's, your kid loves it and you do it. You go to the Incredibles, you walk out and go, I was entertained by that movie. I, I would see that movie again. I enjoyed it. I, a full confession aside, we went to McDonald's and she got a Happy Meal and it, she got, I don't know, a Mr. Incredible toy. I actually went up and purchased an Edna Mode from my desk. So I have Edna, a little Edna Mode bobblehead on my desk because, frankly, she's the breakout character of that, of that movie for me. And yeah. the entire scene when she had the baby and the baby was imitating her, I, I was about on the pool laughing. I can see where you would love the Edna character. I can, oh, I can totally uh, see that. That's hard. Which what you're saying, kind of building on your point, Mike, it, it felt like that this second this second movie was kind of the yin, the yang to the ying, whereas the first movie kind of told the story of Mister Incredible and he want his character wanting to get back into you know being a superhero. This time, you know, they tell it from you know Elastigirl's side, and, and she's the one who gets to go back out, and and he's the yeah. stay at home parent this time with the kids. Uh, and then the and then of course just the element of of the baby uh, Jack Jack there. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that was what uh, <laughs> what uh, the discoveries they find out about their youngest uh, child are uh, are really uh, so. I mean, again, well darling, done. Darling, I take care of the baby. You let Auntie Edna take care of the baby. I do that for free. The suit you pay for. <laughs> so it's horrible suit. You pay for the suit. I take care. Auntie Edna take care of the baby for free. But it was a well told story. I mean, yeah, and 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 the setting in the sixties is actually perfect. Because if it was set in the modern day, you'd be like, okay, you know, guys do stay at home and take care of the kids. Get over yourself. But back in the 60s, you know, that was that was unusual. That's why he, he was, at the beginning, completely incompetent. But the fact is, it was a well-told story about a family, you know, coping with a mom going back to work. I mean, granted, she was a superhero. But there was a story behind it. There was depth. It, it, it wasn't just an hour and a half of, I just wasted 15 bucks on this or whatever, and I'm never going to get that time on my life back. It was like, I walked out and was like, I really enjoyed that movie. I, I truly enjoyed that movie, and I would, I, oh, my public's calling for me. That might be Mr. Incredible right now. No, I just wanted to let you know, uh, this, uh, we're not taking calls on this podcast. It, you know, we, it's kind of a rule we, we typically oh, don't take. take a call, call. take a call. No, <laughs> Hello. I'll do it as Edna, darling. No, you don't know how to do that. It's almost soon. I don't do that anymore, darling. I, no kids. No kids. <laughs> and by the way, as someone who's also uh, a big fan of Better Call Saul and the, and the Breaking Bad series that kind of preceded it, or depending how you want to chronologically uh, list those, uh, you know, it's great. Uh, they, Bob Odenkirk, uh, the actor, uh, plays the, uh, the, the one of the, well, he's kind of part of the, I don't want to give away too much, but he's kind of the new uh, rival foe, villainess, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and then uh, also uh, Jonathan Banks uh, up- appeared again as the uh, their uh, insurance agent there. Uh, uh, and, I, I believe and John popped Rosenberg in the first one. 
So yeah, what, what, yeah, you know, I saw him in the credits. I got to admit, what character was he? Because I he was the underminer at the very beginning. Oh, okay. Jeez, that's why I met. You realize you realize that John Ratzenberger is in every Pixar movie, correct? But he, if he doesn't sound like Cliff Clavin, I don't know who he is. Oh. I mean, you know, John Ratzen John Ratzenberger has voiced a character in every single Pixar movie. No, I believe like, that. But again, if he doesn't sound like Cliff Clavin, I don't know he's in the movie. He has to sound. He was the, he was the underminer. Oh, okay. Uh, if right. I, if you go back and play the underminer at the beginning, knowing it's John Ratzenberger. You hear You'll it. hear okay. John Ratzenberger. You're probably right. Yeah, I guess I just wasn't ready for it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, yeah, like you said, Mike. I mean, if I have to wait till 2032 for Incredibles 3... So be it. I mean, might uh, uh, who knows what the future holds for that uh, for that movie franchise? But uh, yeah, this one I thought they they did really well, well worth the wait. And uh, yeah, no, I mean it's uh, I know it's done well at the uh, box Universe? office, right? Uh, uh, over over one billion so far worldwide, and uh, it's almost like a fifty fifty split too between uh, domestic and uh, how it's done internationally. So uh, imagine if they brought the Incredibles into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just think about that for a second. Edna Mode outfitting Iron Man. I, I would pay. Yeah, I, I'd like to see Tony Stark oh, Tony. and Edna and Edna in the same scene. That would be pretty. Yeah. That would be sheer comedy there. I, yeah, that might be worth. Uh, you're right. That's probably uh, worth the uh, the pay. She may have designed all the adventure suits. She may have, because what do they all have in common? Oh, no capes. No capes, darling. No, no capes. capes. <laughs> well, see again, you know, and I'm glad I went back and watched the first one again because it was clearly illustrated Actually, why I the. I don't think that's entirely accurate. I'm gonna have to call you on that one. What? Vision. Who? Vision. Yeah, well, he's useful. Vision has. Well, move ahead. <laughs> he's not a real person. I'm just saying. He's artificial. No capes, darling. I don't. All right. <laughs> Actually, no. Um, Doctor Strange has a cape. Doctor. Well, it, it's. it's own, so yeah. I don't know. If, I, Edna might allow that one in. <laughs> Since it's a, a hero in and of itself? Well, I almost wonder now, uh, based on the popularity of Edna as a breakout character, could they possibly spin her off into her own Pixar movie? No. Yeah. They could. No. It would be ill-advised, but I'm sure yeah. they could. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll spin anything off. Now, is she supposed, yeah, to, hey. be, is she supposed to be kind of a, a, a amalgamum of, like, say, a Q? And isn't there that isn't there that short little female actor from, like, NCIS or CSI or yeah, something? Yeah, she's modeled after that, but she's also after, like, fashion designers. I think it's Anna Winter okay. and a couple of others. I mean, she's kind of this whole amalgamation. And I think yeah. you're thinking I mean, of... Uh, and they, they, they took, the, they took um, Batman from the Lego movie and spun him off into a phenomenal movie. So, you know, who knows? Mm. The Lego Batman movie. Who plays the voice right. of Edna? Is it like a well-known actress, or I'm trying to... No, it's the director, Brad Bird. Is it really? It, honest to God, is. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, well, it's a great voice, so, yeah. No, it's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, it's funny. I thought her role in the second movie, you're right. I mean, she does have the scene with, with their baby, but it, it felt like she was on screen less in this one than the first one. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was equal, but it just felt like it was less. Maybe because she didn't uh, like appear in the, in the second one until like a bit later into the movie. Maybe that's why, to me, at least it felt like she wasn't, you know, yeah, in, you, in the movie as much. You know, sometimes you only need a little bit. Um, I, I know we weren't going to touch on this, but, but it, it's, another, it's another movie I usually just saw because... As we've established, I, I, I live with two women who are really into musicals. So earlier this week, we saw Mamma Mia, Here I Go Again. And um, it's actually... So by the way, is that ABBA meets Whitesnake? Is that, is that what it is? Is. is? is it kind of like a mix-em-up? Or what do they call them, a mashup? Is that, is yeah. that what the kids call it? The 
<laughs> Is that what the kids call it, a mashup? <laughs> yeah, yeah, showing you. Cher shows up in for like the last ten minutes. But it's so memorable, you think she's in the whole movie. She's really only in about two scenes. But she's really good at the two scenes she's in. Wow, okay. Yeah, I won't be saying that. Talking quickly, uh, we're kind of talking about some other summer movies. Those are the only ones I saw, but I know you guys might have seen some others. Uh, and I know you both saw the uh, latest Star Wars installment for, for this summer, uh, the yes. Han Solo movie. Solo. And Solo, titled Solo. And it didn't get great reviews going in, and uh, it, it seems to be doing well. It's actually not doing that well at the box office. It didn't even make the top 20. And Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's yeah, number, it's number 12. 12. All right. It, so it's it's made made almost four hundred million so far worldwide, but I, I think that's probably coming in under what, budget. What does that under, say about our yeah. our expectations now that a movie that only makes four hundred million is not doing well? No. <laughs> how did how did we get to that all of a sudden? <laughs> well, how did we get to mediocre uh, athletes getting paid like ten twenty million to, yeah. to just be mediocre, and we accept that too? Good lord! Yeah. You know what? Solo Solo to me was unnecessary. I saw it. It was fine, but it was unnecessary. It, it, Is it unnecessary because of the uh, like the way it was the way the story was written? Because I mean, it feels like there's a great backstory to tell on his character. No, I mean, it's an outer space, and 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 then oh my god, you could see them actually doing backbends to fix a fix a mistake from the first movie. When he says, "I did the Kessel Run in under twelve parsecs," which is actually not a measure of time; it's a measure of distance. They. They convoluted, they show the Kessel Run, and they backbend to a point to prove, no, he made it in 12 parsecs. And it was like, oh, God, just stop. Just just stop. Don't try, don't try to fix everything. Um, right. Like I said, it was fine. I mean, you know, I saw it. I wanted, I, I liked Rogue One a lot better. This was yes, just the story. Yes, absolutely. Like, eh. I, you know, great. Yeah, you get to see him win the Millennium Falcon from from Lando. Mm-hmm. I, I did talk to some another friend of mine who had seen uh, Solo and said the one positive part he took out of it, and I'll see if you guys agree, uh, the Chewbacca character. I guess the younger version of Chewbacca, like he was, you know, I, he's he's seen differently because when we see him, obviously in in the the, the current Star Wars movies, or at least the the, the one through nine canon, uh, when we see him in those movies, he's he's older and you know he's not really moving around much. But I guess in this in this prequel, you get to see a young Chewbacca, so he's a lot more like athletic or what? I don't know. You guys tell me. What do you well, think? he yeah, no. you you see him first in kind of like uh, in Jedi when they have that beast under the under the floor that they feed people to that's basically his role in you know in his existence at that point in time and and yeah. solo is is sent down to wait a minute, he's eating other creatures he's like he's he's basically uh, in a prison and he's like in, he's going wild right. um and they if they want to torture somebody they will throw him into this pit with chewy and yeah. chewy will do will you never see his name yeah basically um, they have Han Solo actually speaking to Chewie in Wookiee language, which right. is a little ridiculous. And then they had to show Chewie learning the, the 3D chess game. I'm like, oh, come on, just let's move ahead. Yeah. Or when he had to he, he had to hit the table to uh, get the crack in it that you see in A New Hope and, and all that, you know, whatever. Um, I, I would have okay. to agree with Mike. It, it was n- entirely unnecessary. It was a good afternoon out. 
you know, I brought my wife and the kids because they're big Star Wars fans, so they thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but for me, eh, you know, I thought, I, personally, I thought Lando was a far better character overall. That yeah, he, he was he was well done. It was Donald Glover. Oh, yeah, really from well. Community fame, among other and things. And I'm, yep. you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally shocked if they decided to do a Lando movie at some point in the future as well, because I think he did so well with the character itself. Hmm. But okay. perhaps it a few years a down the road. Story then, do you know what the real shame of this is? Is you're talking about uh, just this this great movie franchise. And you're also talking about it being directed by one of the great directors of our generation. Yeah, I still want to call I him Richie ag- Cunningham, I, I but, you know, we all that. know who he is. I'd, Ron I'd, Howard. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah but, but Todd, wait a minute. First of all, back up on that. Part he's not me, one of the great directors of our generation? I no, no, oh, no. Okay. Oh. Ron Howard was not the original director of this movie. It was the two guys that did the Lego movie, and they were about halfway to three-quarters of the way shot. When something happened and they got canned, and Disney brought in Ron Howard to finish it, so right. there was a lot of reshoots on this movie, which probably made it the way it was. Didn't I mean, Ron help Howard it. Any. Definitely right. fixed it, mm-hmm. but he he wasn't the one that started directing this movie. So uh, you know, he, okay. he was brought in as a closer, and and any time a movie does that, that ain't a good sign. Uh, that they, they fired the original directors and brought in Ron Howard. But see, people are going to remember he directed the movie. They're going to remember him as the director of the movie because he's in the credits and the movie, you know, to the minds of many, tanked or didn't do well. Or only got $391 million worldwide, uh, as, as you mentioned, Matt. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, that's what they're going to remember. And so this kind of goes up there as kind of, you know, when you look at the, the Hall of Fame directing career of Ron Howard, you know, people are going to look at this installment of, of the Star Wars franchise and go like, eh, you know. Yeah, everybody's got a dud from time to time. I'm just saying you know? it's a shame that this is the dud. Like, it wasn't just yeah. some nondescript dud movie. That it you know? had to be something in this particular franchise. Yeah, it had to be a Star yeah. Wars movie. So, yeah, yeah it's... What about yeah. a Chewbacca pre- prequel? Could you see that, maybe? Uh, maybe uh, more adventures with Chewie and the gang? What? Just just stop. No. Chewbacca prequel. What are you nuts? <laughs> well, what about one where it's set in South Carolina? What? Well, yeah, you know, Charleston Chewie? I don't know. <laughs> Charleston Chewie. Dear Scott, why you sponsorship right there. <laughs> Todd, Todd. Up, why don't you just set it in Boston? It'd be Charlestown, Chewie. Well, yeah, Charles but, Town. but see, Charlestown, right. But see, that's why I was trying to keep it authentic to bro, the name of the kid. Oh, bro. Let's go down and get some chowder there, Chewie. <laughs> Chewie, get over, get over here, kid. How's your mother, Chewy? How, how you doing over there, you know? Down the Swanskit. Chewy, take Chewy down to Swanskit right there. We'll, get a, we'll, we'll go down and get a dunk. A dunk. So, yeah. Uh, I think Todd's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is I'm not laughing so hard that, to, that dinner's about to pop up. So get all that visual out of your head. Uh, <laughs> are there any other summer movies you guys would like to discuss that, oh, you, that you saw this summer that you have some thoughts on uh, besides the adventures of Chewbacca at the North End? <laughs> you know, I, 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 we can touch on this later, but, but I subscribed in March. I bought a, a year movie pass. Mm-hmm. Which at one point was giving me a movie every day. At this point, I, I think I could see an alternate silent Charlie Chaplin film against a lot of money. But I've seen a lot of movies. I'm just looking through my history now. I've seen a bunch of movies I normally would have seen. And the other one I saw, another one that was 
I went out with a friend of mine, and we went to a cinema pub, and so we were drinking beer and we were watching it with a skyscraper. With our uh, next president, Dwayne The Dwayne Rock. The Rock Johnson. Mm. Yeah, I heard this was not one of Rock's better movies. In fact, I think on the, uh, some article I looked at, uh, online column, Winners and Losers of the Summer box office, and they put Skyscraper as a big loser, which is pretty, pretty rare for The Rock, who's come out with a lot of uh, big blockbusters that have produced Sadly, well. Sadly, Alan Rickman is no longer with us, who played <laughs> Professor Snape and Hans Gruber from Die Hard, because... This this skyscraper was is die hard. die hard. Yeah, I, I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say we liked this the first time when it was called Die Hard, right? So, like, what's uh... this time? The Rock only has one leg, and at one point his leg falls off while he's hanging outside the skyscraper. That's oh. pretty epic. Um, the mm-hmm. other one we're going rapid fire here. I saw which had no business being any good was Tag. Oh, I wanted to see that. Was that good? I, I totally forgot. Now that you brought that up, I totally forgot. That kind of came and went. And, uh, yeah. you know, I know it's based on a true story. And, uh, yeah, it looked kind of fun. You're saying it lived up to that. Yeah. Um, the other one I saw that, that I'm still kind of trying to figure out how the hell it happened was Jurassic World. Yeah, um, yeah I had to bring I the kids to that Jurassic one. Jurassic World. But, uh, well, Jeff Goldblum needed the work, right? But 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 Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it went from being on the island to all of a sudden being a monster movie in in, in a in a mansion in Northern California <laughs> with T Rexes. I don't know how they did it. I'm I'm still not entirely sure what I saw. Um, Are they setting it up for next year? I saw the previews for this next summer. I guess Godzilla's coming back. Well, that's just a different thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I know, big, you know, big dinosaurs and, you know, Godzilla. I thought, you know, giant creatures uh, roaming the earth. Yeah, just just move ahead. But, but don't worry. <laughs> okay. Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to make an incredible bounce back with his next film. Oh. Which he's is adapting, what? He's adapting another Disney ride. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is starring in Disney's Jungle Cruise. I was not aware of that. Mm. Mark, mark my words. This will be bigger than Pirates of the Caribbean. Is this going to be the last movie he's in before he starts his campaign for president, as you mentioned? Because he's not going to have time to be doing all these movies and then also run the country. I don't know. He's Maybe. he's signed on uh, to. Um, oh my god! I can't think. Uh, Shazam. As of right now, what he's he's going to be? Shazam? He's going to be Shazam. Uh, not Shazam. Um, Black Adam. He's gonna play the. Black Adam. He's gonna play the part of Black Adam. Oh, the villain. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's in the same same universe. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Which is coming out? Uh, is that later this year or next year? I don't remember. I just I saw a trailer for it. Um, but, but mark my words, this Jungle Cruise movie bigger than Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? It's, so it's gonna be there's gonna be a multiple string of movies. Well, then, is what well, you're, you think about it. First of all, he is such a relatable, well liked star. I mean, that Jumanji, the Jumanji remake. It was so much better than it, what it could be. He's really good. And like Pirates of the Caribbean, they're adapting a Disney ride. But they're adapting a Disney ride that actually makes sense because they can make it do a bigger story. It's, a, it's, it's him, you know, literally cruising on an adventure through the jungle trying to, trying to achieve something, you know, fighting off bandits and pirates and wild animals. It, it's going... And they, they've just started to show set photos of it. And it's going to be a massive production... And I guarantee, I, I, my prediction is bigger than Pirates. I, I, I just think because that played out, I think this first one is going to be the biggest movie of when it comes out. Because of who the star is 
and what the scope of it is and the Disney marketing machine behind it and the, um, and the you know, people know of I mean, the, the name recognition of it himself. He is still going to keep his title the biggest movie star on the planet, even with Skyscraper not doing well. That, I mean, that's my prediction right there. Okay, well. And who would have thought when I was at WrestleMania 14 watching him lose to Ken Shamrock that he would have been the biggest movie star in the world? If only I knew that. I was not a visionary back then. I didn't have good hopes for him. No, you had to build, <laughs> you had to build up to being a visionary. Back then, you were just, you were just a vision. No, I was just a genius. Oh, right, sorry. Okay. You were, in fact, as we all know, a sub-genius. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, in your shadow, it's pretty tough to be anything else, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> By the way, that's Mike Higgins, and uh, also here in studio on the podcast, Matt Gandolfo. Yes, yes it's TTL, The Reunion, Part 2. Part 2. In, in, the free, in our sequel, uh, which, I don't know, is it, is it better than the original? What do you guys think so far? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm okay. enjoying myself thoroughly. All right, well, good. The original, good. I, was, I was cold, and now I'm sitting outside and under a beautiful night sky and enjoying talking to friends and talking about movies. I'm really loving this. Hey, as we talk about uh, rebooting, and uh, I saw a preview to this uh, while I was in the theater this weekend. I'm not sure why it needs to be made, but they're redoing The Grinch again. Oh, my God. Now it's going to be an animated... This is actually... It's not going to be live action this time. They're going to go back to an animated movie, Mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be an animated version of the Jim Carrey movie, I think. I mean, which means you're getting the worst of all worlds. It's like, you know, we liked the original cartoon because it was 30 minutes, and it was Boris Karloff. And by the way, the new voice for the Grinch, he sounds like some some IT tech nerd or something. (laughs) I don't even understand what they've done this time with the... Do you know who it is? No! Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh right, right, and he's doing an—he's obviously doing a bad American accent or something, or, or is that—is that his normal speaking? You want to voice? talk about a Ron Howard movie that should be forgotten? It's that first Grinch movie. I know it made a lot of money, but that thing is an abomination. Oh, of course, yeah, no, that's uh, exactly. But now they're decided they're—they're going to go back to the animated because that's what worked for the Grinch when he was not live and in that's person. That's an example of because I have a nine-year-old. That's an example of a movie that I will, I will probably have to see, hopefully at the cinema pub so I can have a beer yep. and want to gouge my eyes out watching that crap. Yeah, get ready for That's, the gouging. It's, it's a uh, half-hour story. Don't extend it anymore. And, yeah. and uh, uh, that yeah, I saw the preview for that, and I was just morally offended. I'm like, why are you going back down that well? Yep. Because there are no more ideas, which kind of goes to your uh, your idea about the the rock and the the, uh, the Disney ride. There, I mean, again, desperate for something new and that's not not a rebooted of old idea. So here we go. You know, let's. Uh, uh, it's it, bring, it brings it back to my favorite movie review ever written. It was in the Boston Globe, and it was for the Cat in the Hat movie. I think Matt, we may have covered this on through the lens years ago. Could be the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat movie, and the line in it is that. The, they, they refer to the producers and directors of Mike Myers, could not have desecrated Dr. Seuss anymore if they had dug up his body and hung it from a tree. <laughs> and that's what they're doing with the Grinch. Yeah. I just stop. stop. The, the, his widow, who's licensing this, needs to be stopped. It does not need to be another Grinch movie. Just watch the thing, the half-hour Christmas. They, they run it several times. That's the entire story. And, oh. and Ron Howard committed the the sin I will not forgive him for in his movie, Cindy Lou Who with Ted. Cindy Lou Who is no more than two. No more than two. You're right. It, it has so, to rhyme. What, what, unless you want to change your name to Cindy Lou Hen or something. I don't know. Let's yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, that Grinch movie, the only entertaining part was the last half hour when Anthony Hopkins was narrating the original story. 
And it was like, okay, I just paid nine fifty or whatever to see the thing that I could see on TV. I own it on DVD. I could watch it right now if I wanted to. Yep. The, the original one, not the Abomination starring Jim Carrey. By the way, to your point on uh, the Dr. Seuss, uh, I, would, I would even extend the argument to the fact that while maybe the most pop, some of the most popular Seuss books are The Cat in the Hat, even when they tried to convert it into a 30-minute cartoon, it wasn't very good compared to, like, the Grinch Christmas special, compared to the, the Lorax, the, you know, the, the snizzles in there, the, you know, all those other different... Lorax. Uh, doc- the lore, right. I mean, all of those. Uh, yeah, I mean, even I, I remember that 30-minute uh, Cat in the Hat special, and I didn't even care much for that as a kid. Uh, you know, you know, he, it was a great book character, but once you took him outside of the book, it just, uh, you know, and then certainly trying to bring him to, to real life... Uh, Wow. You know, uh, was just a disaster on the making. But the Lorax was fantastic. The Grinch was fantastic. Still, the gold the gold standard of all animated television specials is a Christmas special, and it is. Todd, finish it for me. Come on. Wait a minute. What are we talking? The gold standard of all. Oh, well, the Grinch, right? I mean, is that the- no? What? Oh. What is the gold standard other than the Grinch? There's only one. Well, Charlie Brown Christmas. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> You scared me there for a minute. I thought you were going off the reservation or something. No, no, definitely Charlie Brown Christmas, no question about it. I mean, you know, you, you know what a big fan. I'm, I'm a fan of all the uh, Peanuts animated shows anyway. I but, think that uh, needs a live action version here without now. a Santa Claus. Rudolph is just disturbing if you really watch it. I mean, we could do a show, entire show on how disturbing the Rudolph the Red Nose Yeah, can, you know, let's save that show for when the weather's a little cooler right now. I mean, you know, humidity <laughs> here is at like a, a thousand percent, so let's stick to the... Say, I will just say this. Santa and his elves straight up murder a toy during the closing credits of Rudolph the Red Nose right there. Look it up. Oh. They straight up murder a toy. All right, I'll, the I'll bird, There is a bird that cannot fly. He swims. They establish this. At the very end, when they're dropping off the misfit toys, when they throw them off the sleigh, they give them a parachute umbrella. At the very end, the bird that cannot fly comes out of the bag, the elf holds an umbrella, looks at the umbrella, looks at the bird, looks at the umbrella, and then throws the bird off the sleigh with no umbrella. Straight up murders him. Oh. No one has investigated this. I'm telling you. That's a damn shame. Straight up murder. You know, just to, just to try to put a, a period at the end of this sentence, you know, if we're going to talk about great holiday specials, though, we got to mention the year without a Santa Claus. I mean, oh, Heat Miser, Snow Miser? Yeah, I mean... That was another one they tried to reboot into another live-action movie. No, they didn't. Harvey, when? Yes, they did. Look it up. Did they? Firestein is Harvey Firestein is Heatwiser. Oh, wait a minute! You're oh, I don't. Th- I think I kind of. I didn't Look. see it, but I think I kind of vaguely remember that mm-hmm. now. It's occasionally. Oh dear lord! Music yes. on Pandora. Mm-hmm. They'll play the Heatwiser version. It was it was Martin Short and Harvey Firestein, and they'll occasionally play that, and I'm like just screaming, skip that song. Because that is another abomination. Wow. Yeah. No. It's just things that that just don't need to be. No. I could just see Matt going, "Oh God, he's off the rails again." Yeah. No. This. Believe me, you've been you've been farther off the rails than this before. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, let me see if I can get this to work. You you want to hear an abomination? By the way. What? Uh, I'm about to play this, so I'm actually gonna. You'll be able to hear it, Mike, because I've got it on my phone. This is something that's been in the news recently. Uh, a certain uh, professional sports team would like to have a new song played, and they are voting on this uh, that will be played when their team scores a goal. This would be the Carolina Hurricanes, and here's one of the songs up for consideration. 
if it stopped. That's right, folks. It is the techno dance mix version of Brass Bonanza. Oh, it's techno? I couldn't hear. I couldn't oh, you couldn't hear the techno dance beat? Oh, yeah. No, they they it, it's the revised version. I guess it was, uh, somebody did a mix of it in 2000, like a few years ago, and uh, they're gonna they want to play that after they score a goal. Uh, apparently, the new owner of the Carolina Hurricanes is trying to. Uh, he wants to pay more homage to the. Uh, franchise's original days in Hartford, and he thinks that this, is, this would be a nice gesture, right? I think, no, I think. Speaking of abominations, hearing that, hearing the fact you're hearing Brass Bonanza to a techno dance beat is just like. I, if they want to pay homage to the to the Whalers, you know, play a humpback. <laughs> humpback. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. A big whale trumpet. Well, that's Corey. a... Sorry for finding Nemo. That would... Well, maybe if they really wanted to pay homage, they, I don't know, they would have kept the name or kept the jerseys or some or move them back to Hartford, but I know, whatever. And now I'm going off on... <laughs> now it's again, just wishful thinking on your part. <laughs> no, I, I heard this and I'm going, are you effing kidding me i really i mean that is just i think you gotta let that hartford thing go i don't think no 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 i know they're not moving back no forget that but i mean you know they're in nascar country for life no but the sad part is i mean the fans down there don't care and they actually just uh unceremoniously booted out their longtime uh, radio announcer chuck caden uh one of the uh best uh, all you know of uh there's a short list of of great all-time hockey announcers and uh uh, Chuck would be on that list. I grew up listening to him. Uh, he'd been the uh, Whalers play-by-play announcer going back to mm-hmm. when they joined the National Hockey League in Hartford in 1979. And uh, I guess uh, they asked him to take an 80% pay cut, and he said no. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> Gee, why. <laughs> you know, this is how you treat a guy who's, you know, you well, know part of, no, the reason is they determined that only 2,000 people in the area were listening to the radio broadcasts of the team. So now they're going to And do, that's his fault? <laughs> right. Well, so now they're going to simulcast the TV guys on the radio. That will be their new radio team. And I'm sure they're not going to change their style, so that, that's going to sound great on the radio, right? What? I heard they hired a radio guy. Huh? Jim Brockmeyer. Coach. Oh, don't get me going on Jim Brockmire. I oh, my my fantasy baseball team this year is the Morristown Frackers. No, I, I seen the, have you seen the second season of Brockmire yet? Uh, I think I haven't seen the last. I, I have them all DVR'd. I think I haven't seen the last one or two of them yet. But I, I saw the first it gets, like it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, Matt, Matt, have you ever seen this show Brockmire? Ever heard of it? I have not. No. Yeah. Okay, first of all, do yourself a favor and just look up on Google or whatever. The, first, the the Brock Myers meltdown from the first season, the first the first scene of the first season. This is a character Hank Azaria from The Simpsons. It's, you know, it's he created it's funniest. It's, it's about the funniest four minutes of yeah. anything you'll ever see. It's, it's a guy having a breakdown in a baseball booth. Right, he, right, he's a baseball announcer, and he right, he has a breakdown. And, like and I don't think and then, I, I think there's looser rules in the podcast, but I still don't think we could repeat half the stuff that was said in this. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably not. And probably you know, not let's leave it to idea. the imagination. Go, if you haven't seen this yet, go and find it out there on the uh, interwebs, because uh, uh, you will. Uh, I, will you know, I will do just that. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's worth it. That's so worth it. Oh, it is. No, I, as soon as I, I heard about this show, I said, "Oh, I've got to watch this." And yeah, then, I really yeah, enjoyed I, it. And I, I like. They Hank got two Azaria more. I think too. they've already got guaranteed what two more. Se- they, they've just finished the second yeah. season. I think they're they're going through I, season I like four. The second season. It's pretty good. The other one I'm watching. We've delved into TV. It's it's sports. It's entertainment. Is another one that you shouldn't sleep on. Is Glow about the gorgeous ladies. Gorgeous of wrestling. ladies of wrestling. It's, it's that's a that's a Netflix really one, good. right? Really good. That's a Netflix series. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. It's in the, I just started the second season now. Um, Allison Brie from Communities in it. Oh, okay. And um, the, she's not the only really rec- name I recognize, but um, it's about it's it's kind of a fictional. If you remember from the eighties, they actually had gorgeous ladies wrestling. It was really mm-hmm. cheesy wrestling. Oh yeah. This is a fictionalized story of how they started this up. It's it's re- it's a comedy drama. It's really good. It's it's another one that's highly recommended. Okay. Um, hey, wh- oh, oh, so, something's got Teddy uh, up. I just uh, yeah, he just re- he just realized my wife came home an hour ago. Uh, um, <laughs> all right, Teddy. He's on top of he's, it. He's, he's, really my, he's my second favorite series on Netflix. Hey, can I? Uh, if we're talking movies, TV, and other shows that are, I guess yep. it's coming out later this month. I I might be able to see this because I think I have an Amazon membership. Uh, I, I say I think I'm not even sure what it gets me, but uh, the uh, the Jack Ryan uh, reboot here, that or what they actually are, they're making it into a TV series starring uh, John Krasinski from The Office and uh, other various films. Yeah, John Krasinski, who... Newton Mass native, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was... Yeah, well, that's to be a champion. <laughs> right, right. Well, we know that. Set me up, and I'll slam that one down over the net. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Another great inside joke that only uh, those of us in the room... Actually, only uh, only two, one of the people in this room actually gets. <laughs> Sadly, Matt's sitting here just going, yeah, you know... I think he's heard the story. He's Stokes is going to be the greatest receiver in the world. But, um, yeah, I want to see that because John Krasinski was in probably a sleeper of one of the best movies I've seen this spring summer, uh, his directorial debut of A Quiet Place. Oh, I want to, yeah, I do want to see that. If you haven't seen that, that is a a horror suspense movie unlike anything I had seen, and he stars in with his wife, Emily Blunt, and um, it was one of the more surreal experiences I've had in the theater. Once again, we have a cinema pub up here we can have dinner we go to quite a bit because it's close to the movie theater and i've never actually been in the theater where you actually could hear the people eating eating so quiet because yeah. there's almost no dialogue in this movie and oh that must be interesting it oh was, yeah oh todd it was it was you, you, you take what you saw him in the office and you just throw it out the window this 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 movie was phenomenal it, it was very good. It showed good. him as a talent unbelievable. I mean, it really was that he directed this, and it was unlike any other horror movie I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, he's definitely, uh, I don't even want to say up-and-coming talent, because he's already shown his talent uh, in, in several different uh, avenues. But uh, now the, this... Uh, this plan to take the Jack Ryan uh, character and make it, uh, I, I actually saw they were, you know, how they now in the, the sneak previews of the movies now include TV previews, so they, right. they show you a little <laughs> sneak preview of the upcoming series, and, and, and Krasinski himself said he, they thought that the character of Jack Ryan would not be well served by another movie, but a, a series yeah. where you could really see that the character kind of developed a little bit more, so it, it sounds very intriguing, and uh, I mean, I know you guys are fans of the Jack Ryan all movies. the actors that, who played Jack Ryan. I'm curious if you'll get them all. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to get this one. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jack Ryan started with Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay. Harrison. Okay, okay. I think Matt's going to get it. Cause <laughs> <correct one. laughs> yeah, Alec he Baldwin. Got the one people forget. Yeah, Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, 
Uh, Chris Pine actually played in in one. Yeah. Um, oh, there's one I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Affleck. Yes, that yes. Some of all fears. Thank For you. the win, which I've ding, never, ding, act- ding. I've never actually <laughs> seen it, but yes, that was oh, the one. Thank you. There you go. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. Um. See, Alec Baldwin is the one everyone always forgets. I forgot that one myself. Or, so. Harrison Ford. Alec Baldwin played the original in Hunt for Red October. Uh, Harrison Ford was Patriot which, Games and was a good movie, but I had already present danger. And it was one of those. It's like, it's kind of like when uh, Todd, you and I saw the one with um, Edward Norton. I can't think of the name of the movie. Um, but he, it was um, Primal Fear. Yeah, very good. Movie. I oh yeah, his you, his first had, movie, I think. His first major role, major role was yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I remember, and I had read the book, and Todd had, and I remember at one point, Todd, I I, I remember this clearly. Todd saying he had the ending figured out, and I looked at him, I said, No, you no, don't. you don't. We <laughs> ended. He goes, He said, You were right. I didn't. <laughs> I never have the ending figured out of any. Movie. <laughs> but this was, but it was, it was it, like, when I saw Hunt for Red October too. It was like, oh, I wish I hadn't read the book. Because this is such a good movie, but I know how it's going to end. Right. Well, let's uh, we'll wrap up our movie and TV talk, kind of tying them both together. And, of course, a great annual event that I know has been uh, has been uh, part of uh, many uh, a TTL uh, special uh, episode. And that would be talking about the Oscars and uh, some big news uh, recently about the Oscars. So, uh, uh, Matt, I guess I'll let you talk about it because you, you have a, a printout there. and. Yeah, well, I mean, it just... It, I'd always bring in the notes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I had to bring some notes. Just Somebody but, came prepared. <laughs> somebody's got to <laughs> do it. wasn't me. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, the timing, and uh, to be honest with you, I thought when I heard the news, I was like, oh, you know, we should, uh, this is something we got to talk about at some point in time, and then Todd, you know, mentioned the, uh, you know, trying to get together for the podcast, and I thought it's just perfect. Um, but, yeah, some big news that it doesn't have a lot of people very happy, um, announcing some some changes to the Oscars, a uh, couple of couple of which will be happening right away, and then another one later on the following year. Mike, I'm sure you know about all this too. But yeah. adding a new category, um, which is currently being referred to as outstanding achievement in popular film, uh, which, like I said, that they may tweak that at some point in time. And the award for best summer blockbuster goes to yeah, <laughs> the award for you know, best. I'm oh, sorry. Most the, of the audience has heard from, and the only reason we're having this category is so people will actually watch the Oscar telecast because it's the only movie you've heard of. Right. Black Panther. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A um, couple of the other changes uh, that uh, have people well, not so much up, but well, one of them uh, people are really upset about not televising some of the more background or back behind the scenes uh, technical. Uh, categories uh taping or actually recording them during commercial breaks and then airing you know edited down versions of them later in the broadcast as a lot of people are are uh, very upset about that and then later in 2020 actually moving up the the oscar date from late february to early february i think this year it's uh this coming year it's going to be the 24th and then in 2020 i think it's going to be february 9th so isn't that going to interfere? Well, I'm not saying it'll be the same night, but I'm guessing from what you're you're saying, Matt, that's going to probably be the week after the Super Bowl then, isn't it? Because the Super Bowl's it, now in February. The Super Bowl is February 3rd. Okay. Uh, the only reason I know is because I just 
uh, requested the day after off. Just sure, and, and, you know, in 2020 when this starts, it'll be February 2nd then. February 2nd, so, okay. and then, yeah, it's going it's to be, I think, somewhere just right and after the that. the will be, yeah. The so, so there, you know, that's going to put, a, it's going to cram all those other awards shows right into the same, you know, two or three week time frame. Um, that's right, the Golden Globes is usually. Golden Globes, the SAG, January, and, you know, think, all that yeah. stuff, so. You know, everyone will be scrambling and it'll be super saturated uh, with the awards program. So people aren't too thrilled about that either from a programming perspective anyway. From, you know, a lot of the other awards you know, going around. Well, not to mention, too, but, there's still, you know, everything's based on the movie has to have been seen in the calendar year. So now you've you've shortened up the period of time to kind of, to, you know. To lobby, basically. Well, to nominate and then to, you know, right. Yeah. yeah. But, but Todd, Todd. All it has to have been done, it doesn't have to have been in wide release. No, no, I know that. As long as it's been released in New York or Los Angeles. Um, yeah, it's New York or LA. I thought, I thought it also qualified if it was uh, released at a film festival. Maybe, but I, I thought for a while it had to be New York or LA in, in a theater. And it can, that can that literally could be. be for a week. Right. Had situations where movies have won Oscars, they hadn't been released wide yet. Uh, uh, so that, um, that's going to happen. I yeah, mean, Ali was nominated for uh, Best Picture like a year and a half before it was wide released. If yeah. memory serves, I mean, it's the thing is, you know, they can make all these tweaks. The fact is, there's just too much crap in it. It's, you know, they, they make this big deal out of it. We have all these like weird production numbers and all this. Just get it down to a more faster paced. Um, you know, award show, make it a little more loose, a little more casual. Right. Well, I mean, the, well, the worst, the worst change that they've made is stop having someone sing over the dead people. I like my old-fashioned dead people, where you have just the soft music and you get the audience applause. That way, you can figure out which people were well known and which people get about two claps because no one's ever heard. Of me. That was <laughs> yeah. always my favorite part about the dead people. Right. You know, it would be a simple. I, I, it feels like this would be a simple solution. You're talking about trying to make the Oscars a little more casual and whatnot. And I don't understand why they've never thought of this. Everyone says, well, the, the Oscars run too late. They're on a Sunday. Why can't you start them at 7 o'clock Eastern? I understand it'll be 4 o'clock in the afternoon West Coast time where they're having the actual ceremony, but it's a Sunday. It's not that people are at work all day and have to worry about rushing home in time, which I know is the reason they start World Series games at like quarter of nine now in the evening here on the East Coast, but I don't understand. You could start it at seven. You could still make it long. You could still have all the categories you want and end it maybe at ten. You could go three hours. I don't think it's the fact that it ends late. I think it's the fact that it's still three and a half plus hours. I don't think people, yeah. the the attention span of the general public uh, doesn't support that. And that's the end of our program, so oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. We're, yeah. oh, we're not done yet? I'm sorry. No, my not quite. I, my attention was fleeting oh. there. So they're, they're trying to get it down to three hours, which is still, you know. A, a, still bloated. It's, it's, still bloated. Too, it's still too long, in my opinion. But I completely agree. I completely you know, they've, they've currently got 24 categories, and with the new one, that would be 25, I think. So they have to, you know, they have to whittle that away somehow. And uh, a couple of ways to do it, I think, would be to, I think, eliminate. Um, I'm not a big fan of having people uh, perform live the nominees for best original song. Mm. That's, I, it's not People know the song by People now, know the yeah, songs. Right. They don't yeah. need to see them well, play only, live. You know, with the, with the exception of if it's something really notable, like... You know, the year Bruce Springsteen one. And you can get someone to bring eyeballs on it. But if it's like, 
you know, some random song from like an animated movie sung by the original. No, I agree. Like the you know greatest what? showman, which was actually a pretty good movie. Have them there and have them perform it if it wins. Yeah, How's that? I mm. mean, so you get one performance of, at at the night if it if if it wins a category. And then that would make the most sense to, to me. To speak. I mean, this this twenty minute speech. And, I mean, I watch it on recording, and I, I fast forward through all the speeches. I just don't care. I want to thank. We had a great ca- everyone. We had a great category. Well, what are they going to say? I hated everyone. You know, you guys can all suck it. I won this, and and I deserve it, and I won it all by myself. I mean. Yeah, we thank the parents, we thank God, tell the kids to go to bed, say, and thank the cast and crew. I mean, just let's move ahead. Just, just do it on a crawl below there. Just hand me a wood and get off the stage. Would the ceremony feel less bloated if we made Jimmy Kimmel the permanent host and we actually rolled the Oscars into an episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live? No. I, I, that I wouldn't work? Just have, like, an extra-long episode or, you know? Has, has he done it the last two years? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, the thing is, and what I did, and His studio is like across the street from where they have the the ceremony. Well, the, the Oscars, Letterman right? fell into this too. He, you can't do it because it, it felt too much like they were trying to do it as an episode of his TV show, and it was clever. The what f- gave it away when they went into the theater and like, which was, was kind of clever cool. the first yeah. year, but then they went back to that well again. You know, they, they, the first year they brought the tour group in. The next year they went to the they brought everyone into the theater. It's like yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it was just... Actually, I thought the one that did a pretty good job the last time was Ellen. Mm-hmm. Doing just the stuff in the audience, like that selfie that... The selfie that broke the internet, yeah. I mean, that was... that was It was it felt organic. And Kimmel, while funny, it's not organic. It, 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 and it feels forced, it feels like a bit. Jon Stewart fell into this a little bit. David Letterman certainly fell into this. Well, they're all late-night talk show hosts, yeah. and, you know, that's what they're used to they doing. try to make it into bits. You know, I, I think that the, the great job of a host, I mean, Tina Fey and Amy Polo did a great job of the Golden Look. But you get in, you get out, you introduce the action, you get in, you get out. You don't need, in fact, the Kimmel thing was very funny to watch, but that was the reason why it's bloated. And the reason they did it was so we can get hits on YouTube and social media. I'm sorry, Captain Kangaroo, what is the host supposed to do? Yeah, he introduces the act. Oh come on! I wanted you to, I wanted you to do the jackpot one character there. <laughs> introduces the act. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you're only you're only going up against Jim Belushi or John Bel- No, Jim Belushi, right? The less talented Belushi brother. I don't so. know. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But I also can't. I thought I can't yell it out because I am literally sitting on my deck and I have neighbors. I don't. Want I know, to. and they're already asleep because it's made, and you know, we, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, the, the sun's down. Look at the college town. The half of Bowdoin is still up, but what I'm saying, my neighbor was out screaming the word "monkeys" over and over on the deck, and they called the special test for me. <laughs> Would they just say it's a it's a Monday night? In- <laughs> or on Wednesday night. What night is I don't even know what night we're doing this podcast. It's Wednesday, all right. Monday night I would be screaming, you know, Rusev Day. Or that's right. Oh, that's right. That's why we picked Wednesday, right? We had to, <laughs> we had to work around Mike's wrestling viewing schedule here. Right. Uh, okay, so what do we, I mean, so overall, I mean, are these changes going to help? I mean, there's a, you know, this whole, I guess this is a hook to have this category because, you know, it works yeah. for the MTV Movie Awards and they get such great ratings. Is that part of it or? i think it, it's that was me being totally sarcastic was, yeah. here for our listeners so. yeah um you know <laughs> i have to tell them <laughs> sarcasm alert no they 
a while back, what was 10, 12 years ago now, they increased the number of Best Picture oh, nominees right, yes. from mm-hmm. 5 to up to 10. So they could have as many as 10. I, I can tell you, Matt, it was eight years ago. Eight years ago, okay. So. Because because the reason they knee-jerked it was the year after The Dark Knight came out. Right. Because that didn't get nominated, and, and people thought that would have that almost should have stuck in. And that's why they increased it to 10, was because a movie like The Dark Knight would have right. been Right, and they're knee-jerking this year because of Black Panther. More on that later. Well, maybe not. Yeah, but, yeah, but either way. Was Black, well, Black Panther wasn't nominated for Best Picture, was it? No. Well, is well, it has a, the, the Black Panther? Oh, was, no. Black Panther was released I mean, in February. Or were they this afraid year. it wouldn't be nominated if they didn't have this new category? Is that what the problem? Something is? along those lines. Yes. Now, oh. with a couple of exceptions, after they, because I remember on the show that was what we we were all happy that they increased the number of nominees for Best Picture so that they could include some of these more blockbuster movies in the conversation. They never did. They still was all the art house movies that you know, and I've seen a lot of complaints that, you know, these these movies that are wildly successful already have an award, all the damn money they made. I was like, well, you know, that's not really an award; that's an achievement. Um, but, you know, I digress. I mean, you think I can think of the last two blockbuster movies? And, and I may be proven wrong on this, that, that have won Best Picture. Well, one of them's going to be Return of the King. What? Return, okay, Return Lord of the King. Of the and that was in Titanic. In Titanic, um, right, okay. But otherwise, no, I mean, you look at some of these movies, I mean, two, was it two years ago or last year? La La, was it La 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 Land won last year. Or, no, it didn't, no, years. sorry, it was oh. uh, the, uh, oh, the no, water movie. Right, uh, yeah, it didn't win. Right, it no. never one thought it would. But. That, that that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I came up with, no, 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 yeah. didn't win, didn't win. But um, it's still not going to make a difference. Because how, well, first of all, how do you define what a popular movie? Is? Well, that's the thing is that there's box office. There's nobody. Uh, well, everyone's thinking that it's going to. It, obviously, it had the box office has to come into play. Um, or they're going to have, or they're going to have an audience vote, which is going to be a disaster. Right. Why don't you just make it the top ten movies at the box office in the United States? It'd well, make they, it they haven't announced how many pe- how many movies will be nominated okay. in the category. They well, haven't no, they haven't at announced yeah. what the criteria would be. But the box office, I, I imagine it's going to have to be something along the lines of box office. Um, how maybe how many or how many weeks it stayed at the top of the box office, which is going to be tough considering, especially during the summer season. You, you're on top for two weeks, and then the next big blockbuster comes out, and that's no, on no. for two weeks, and then the next big blockbuster comes out, and that's and, two and weeks. Then, and then you run the risk of something like, oh, like Boss Baby. You know, makes a ton of money. All of a sudden, that's best achievement in popular filmmaking. Well, that's just because every parent can drag take their kid to see it. Right. Well, right so. now, your top five uh, year-to-date. Now, this is just domestic uh, revenues or grosses. Uh, you've got uh, Black Panther 1, Avengers fin- Infinity War 2, Infinity War, he says as he's trying to enunciate, uh, Incredibles 2, 3, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom 4, and Deadpool 2, 5. All three of those have made over $300 million domestically. Now, see, I don't think that if, if that were the criteria, I'd, I think that they would balk so at putting Deadpool in that list. 
Well, I mean, Deadpool's probably going to get passed by Mission Impossible or one of these other ones that moves well, up. Well, and, and then what's coming out the rest of the year? I mean... Right. Uh, well, well, The Grinch is coming. The, the Grinch is coming. That's right. <laughs> you still have... Uh, well, I mean, for the, the big blockbuster movies, you're going to have Venom, which is coming out later, which is going to... Uh, which is going to do pretty well. Um, and uh, Not too much... Isn't there another big one coming out this holiday season? I'm trying to remember. Mary uh, Poppins Return, which oh. which will make a ton of money. Who's playing Mary Poppins? Uh, Emily Blunt. Oh, okay. uh, I thought it was Jay-Z. So pretty much just dead on. Um, what? I'm trying to, I'm trying to see. I, I don't, <laughs> am I supposed to get that one? No. Okay, I, never mind. I, that, that was Matt, <laughs> Matt attempting a joke? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. You know we love you, Matt. I know. I just uh, I, I don't. Is it yeah. something funny? No, you, you, you were saying who was playing uh, Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. I said, oh, I thought it was Jay Z. But I, can, I just was Obviously that just a random just a, name? Just or? yeah, just the first oh okay, name, first See, name that popped in my head. Okay, that's, oh, okay. That's, that made absolutely like, no sense. That you know, know could one. certainly happen. There you go. <laughs> I know the other one that's going to come out that's going to make all of the money. Yes. It's going to make all of the money in in from. My daughter. Well, way to bury the lead. Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald, the second, the second of the next series of Harry Potter movies, because J.K. Rowling does not have all of the money yet, and she wants all of the money. Wait a minute. Speaking, you, you just you just reminded me. Uh, your, your daughter just reminded me of. I saw a preview to a, a movie this week. I don't know when it's coming out. The one where it's it's this princess and she meets all the other Disney princesses. What movie? The, the... Oh, Wreck It Ralph too. Oh, right, right. Yes, yeah, this. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay. What about <laughs> so this? Is going to be a big? Uh, I mean, I figured oh. you, you would be like right in for that. I mean, on or my, at least Allie, Allie would. On be. my on my work Facebook account because I have two. My work Facebook account. The profile picture is a still from that. It's Cinderella holding the broken glass slipper like a ship. Because uh -huh. that was my favorite part of the trailer. When, when the princess came in, they all went to attack her. And Cinderella breaks the glass slipper and holds the pointed end. Yeah, you, you got to see the preview for this, Matt. It was, it was really good. <laughs> I was thinking of Mike up. when I was watching it, because I know he was just I've watched, like, I watched that preview ten times. And yeah. the thing I noticed about it, that's hysterical once you notice it, and it's the subtlest of subtle details, is... The big song in Pocahontas is Colors of the Wind. And she's, you know, have you ever heard the Colors of the Wind? If you watch Pocahontas in, in all of those scenes, her hair is blowing in its own wind. It is constantly, there's a constant, none of the other characters have moved, and hers is always blowing in the wind. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, Matt, you have to see this. It's, they're talking like, you know, are you a princess? Have you been imprisoned or enslaved? Do you, you need a man to tell you what to do? And she's like, what's wrong with you people? Should I call a cop? <laughs> yeah, I felel like I was watching like an SNL sketch you know, oh, yeah. an animated and version. That, that movie is going to be great. I mean, and then the Star Wars references in it. I mean, it's just going to be, you know. But, yeah, the, the Disney princess thing floored me when I saw it because it's actually the first time that... Um, Disney... I knew this was right in Mike's wheelhouse. <laughs> well, no, it's the first time that Disney's ever allowed all the princesses to interact with each other. If you look, if you would ever look at like any of their products that have multiple princesses on them, they they never they're never looking at each other. Their eyelines are all looking at different ways. They're almost like separate pictures. Mm. This is the first time they've ever interacted. And then it brings me to my other trivia question: Who is the oldest by age, by 
chronological age Disney princess. Not by when the movie came out, but by the age You're of... You're talking about the character itself, right? Who the, is the... The age of the character. Disney princess. Do you have a guess, Matt? I was going to guess Cinderella, but I don't know. No. That's a guess on my part. No. Um, hmm. I, I, I don't know. This princess has been featured in multiple... Okay. Okay, apparently it wasn't Cinderella, since that was my first guess. Uh, multiple... Multiple movies. Uh, uh, geez, I don't... Oh, Ariel? I don't know. No. Oh, not even close. No, okay. Ariel was supposed to be like 14-ish. about 40 years. No, it's... Uh, Oh, Snow White? No. No. Snow White was 16. Snow White was very young. Oh, during, I was thinking of one her... of those movies where she was fighting the wolves or no, something. No, she no, he's talking he's Wait. talking about somebody who during when they're oh, yeah. during the movies she is an older character. Mm. <sighs> not an obscure character by any means. Wow. And it's probably somebody that I, I'm just not thinking and referring to I'm in my brain as a princess. Oh, no, no, no. This character is very clearly referred to as princess. Can you tell us the number of movies she appeared in? You said multiple. Five going on six. Next year. Hmm. What's coming up next year? I don't know. Uh, uh. Can you give us another hint? <laughs> Live action. I still got nothing. The only other one I can think of is Sleeping Beauty right now. I know that's not right. Oh. Nope. Uh, nope. Same, actress, same actress has played, played it in all six movies. Are the hmm, all the However, all the same franchise or are they all the same mixed? Franchise and there will not be a seventh movie with this character after the sixth one comes out. Wow! I mean, I I actually just guessed all the princesses that I know off the top of my head. I can't even. Oh, you know this princess, Todd? No, I mean I just um, but off the top of my head, I'd have to go further. Both? You both oh, Jesus Christ. Princess Leia. Yes. Good <laughs> Lord. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, you got it. Is a Dis the, she, uh, the character is owned by Disney. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, well, that's not fair, because when they started that character, she wasn't owned by Disney. She was owned <laughs> by George Lucas. Okay, so, so let me ask you, Todd. You go, to win a bar, you go to a bar, and you want to win a bet in the bar, you won't pull that one out? <laughs> Along with my other favorite one of, of the I'm just a bill, I'm only a bill, what's the text of the bill from Schoolhouse Rock? Oh, right. Uh, school buses uh, have to stop at railroad crossings. Yes. Very <laughs> okay. good. That one I know. But but wait a minute. If I'm in a bar, do I want to like bring up a question about Disney princesses in a bar? I mean, it's just it depends on the bar. If it's to win, if it's to win a cash bet or a beer, absolutely. You do whatever you can. Wow. Okay. 
Ah, uh, jeez, I was going to... Every, every bar has a trivia night. Why not throw something yeah. like that in there? Absolutely. Well, Mike, here's, here's some good trivia when you drink. Who's the only Major League Baseball player with his first Major League home run before he got called up to the Major Leagues? Uh, that would clearly be Pedro Serrano. <laughs> no, this is a real a real baseball player, not a fictional one. Tanner Boyle? No. <laughs> I will tell you, it is Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. He was called up uh, sometime in late June. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, he was called up sometime in late June, and his first game, in which he hit his first Major League home run, was a game that was the resumption of a suspended game from a month before he was called up. But statistically speaking, all the stats from that game revert back to the original date the game started. So his first Major League home run was sometime in May. He didn't actually come to the Major Leagues until June. It's a very wow. weird statistical anomaly, but because it happened in a resumption of a suspended game, that's how it goes into the books. Not to mention he's also probably going to be the youngest to ever do it because he was only 19 years old at the time. And still is. Wow. Wow. That happened earlier this season. Yeah, that was a very weird, uh, very weird uh, stat for you. There you go. Wow. So that one will win you some beers, probably. Yeah. I would think. <laughs> Multiple, maybe. The knowledge I mean. I'm covered in knowledge right now. Very <laughs> well, you better get yourself cleaked up <laughs> before you go inside. Anyway, uh, yeah. you know what? You know what? Uh, I don't hose yourself. Do down. you guys have some final thoughts? I don't think we're going to make it to two hours tonight, but we're coming awfully close. But uh, mm. I mean, unless you guys have some other thoughts of things you want to share, uh, movie talk, or any other topics, I suppose we could throw out here in the uh, I, I the freestyle segment of the Toddcast. <laughs> no, we're we're going to make two hours at one fifty-four and. I'm just looking, you know, on the official. Uh, actually, according to running time, we're only at 1:48. So. Oh yeah, there was a there was the pre-show talk. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were rolling that in. Yeah, we weren't rolling. Uh, no. on the uh... phone rolls that. I mean, I have 42% battery, so I can talk for 42 more percent. <laughs> wow, I don't I don't know how many more minutes that is, but uh, well, were there were there any other movie thoughts, or like 12. I said, any other things? Uh, you wanted to uh, uh, to bring up? I'm I'm pretty good. It's been another enjoy. We should do this a little more often. I've actually really I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. no, definitely. I mean, we could do another one maybe around the holiday movie season <coughs> or something. We'll uh, definitely, definitely try to get our schedules coordinated for that. This was uh, yeah, no, it definitely uh, was fun, and I guess I got to do some homework by going to see a couple movies. Kind there of you like go. making up for the fact that I really didn't see a lot of movies this summer. So yeah, and it got got me out to see. Uh, ant-man with one of the i took my youngest out for his his birthday was saturday so i took him on sunday just to go see that so did he like it by the way or oh he uh, loved it how how old is he he turned 11 oh okay well right that's the perfect perfect age yeah Uh, by the way mike i didn't ask did allison like the incredibles too or uh she did she did it wasn't harry potter so and she saw the first one too you've shown her the first one right okay okay she she liked it but not not cruelly as much as me it's kind of like when we went to see the lego movie and she thought it was kind of funny, and she, but she looked at me and said, Daddy, you laughed a lot of stuff anyone in the theater. I said, yeah, because I like movies like old movies. Mm. I could be a big kid with some movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to. Oh, of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely have to. So. Oh, that All was right. it. I think we've covered everything. I mean, if anyone's still listening right now, I'm, I'm impressed you hung in with us. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's not an easy task sometimes. No. no it, it, it really went off the rails several times. 
Yeah, but only a little bit. Not, not. I mean, you've you've done worse. Oh, you know what? Uh, speaking of other current events, and I'll just wrap this up. We're talking about summer movies. It uh, hasn't come out yet, but it's about to. Uh, Meg, the Meg, which mm-hmm. That's out, contrary to oh, it is out. Okay, well, contrary to my first thought, it's not a it's not a biographical uh, take of uh, the no. uh, Griffin's daughter Griffin's from daughter Family Meg, Guy. No. Yeah. no, so but I can I can already see Peter Griffin doing a sp- I can already see Seth MacFarlane's uh, the wheels turning in his head. It will I'm sure work its way into a Family Guy episode. But uh, well, the other reason I, I bring it up is there was uh, news today as we are recording the show on uh, August the fifteenth. I guess there was a uh, shark attack down on uh, one of the Cape Cod beaches late this afternoon uh, in Truro, and uh, I think it was a 60-year-old got bit, uh, had some teeth marks in their leg. Uh, I did not hear about the condition of of this. This uh, is why I have a solution to prevent shark attacks. Pool. Okay. Pool. Pool. They don't get into pools. You don't put your foot down in icky stuff. It's (laughs) just good old tile. And you put your foot down, and that's it. And then you swim over the edge, and someone hands you a drink. Cool. <laughs> and The Meg was the number one movie at the box office. So that says something away this country's gone, that a giant fake shark movie that wasn't as well made as Jaws. Um, yeah. Well, you know, staying on the shark uh, theme, you know what's coming up at the end of this week on the uh, Sci-Fi Channel? Shark bait. Uh-huh. No. no. Shark, the shark final, final chapter of Sharknado. Have you, have you seen any of these movies, Mike? God, no. You haven't? Sadly, I have. <laughs> oh, I, sadly, I have too, Matt. If only because I didn't know Ian Ziering still had a career after <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> after Beverly Hills, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, okay, first of all, I, I know I get a little bit of crap because I watch WWE, but, but, but Here it comes. two of you have wasted time of your life watching a Sharknado movie. Hey, when at it's least, family movie night yeah. and I'm not picking the movie, right. I'm at everybody else's I mercy, man. I lean into and admit I'm watching WWE. <laughs> and the storylines, and you could see the next Dwayne The Rock Johnson come out of it. And someone will get hit with a chair. Sharknado, please. Also starring uh, Tara Reid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she yeah. will act in a movie for a sandwich. <laughs> I think she that might have been how they paid her for this movie. I mean, Could be. this is the last chapter. I don't know what they can do to top themselves, but uh, yeah. Luckily, I've only seen one, but still, yeah. I, I, I've just, I'm, say, it's least, sad to say that I have. How many are seen one? They said it's the final chapter. I don't even know how many there've been. What are the? Is it four or five or something? Four or five. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to the, look. The, it one, up. the one thing I'll say is at least the Sharknado people have leaned into the fact that the movies are terrible, and they they, they embrace that. So this. Oh one, yeah, they're running with it. Yeah, this room for we know this is ridiculous. We're just going to run it, lean into it. But um, yeah, no, I, I haven't. Maybe one day I will sit down now that they're all done, and I'll watch them all in a binge so I can get the whole arc of the struggle of the Sharknado people. Well, you know what else? Apparently, they do whenever one of these movies comes out. I think, and I, I've noticed this: uh, the Sci-Fi Channel tends to run similarly themed movies to kind of build up to the Sharknado movie. Apparently, there are all these crazy movies out where, like, a shark mated with, like, an octopus or a, uh, <laughs> like, a big fish or something, or like, a, mm-hmm. I don't know, like an eel, a shark or, eel, or uh, a yep, sharktopus. Yep. I mean, you, yeah, you know what Right, basically. I mean, there's all these, right, I mean, all these bizarre-looking characters which are just, like, and the effects are so poorly done. And there's uh, there's well, there's one know, with a robot shark as well. Oh, is and, it? Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just... It's, it's no worse than, I was reading, actually, online today about movies that you didn't know had, had sequels. 
Do you don't remember the movie K9 with Jim Belushi? Vaguely, uh, Jim Belushi. You mean the letter K number nine? I think was it. Yeah, uh, I have a vague yeah. recollection of that. There were two. There have been two sequels to that movie. Huh. And Kindergarten Cop had a sequel, starring Dolph Lundgren. I did. It know was about called that. First Grade Cop. No, it no. was called Kindergarten Cop Two. And oh. unfortunately, they didn't. See, go they missed out on a great marketing opportunity there. They <laughs> should have called education. it Kindergarten Cop Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> well, there you go. I suppose they could have done that too. Uh, oh my lord! But <laughs> you know, we're almost going to make it. We're at one fifty-five now, and I think I, well, it's now. I think good. now I think it's Mike's mission just to hit the two-hour. Oh, no. oh, oh no! no, no. Did I? No. <laughs> my eyes are closing out here. Yeah, no, that, that's fine by me. I think we can come up a little right. short this time. And, I, uh, I think I think we can let the audience just you know. Let them go at this point. <laughs> Let them fill those final right few now, minutes by themselves. They're playing, yeah. playing this just to find out people screaming where the troops are just to stop, stop us from talking. <laughs> oh, all righty. Well, uh, it has been, uh, as, as always, guys, It's it's been a lot of fun uh, to do this uh, Through the Lens reunion show. Yeah. Again, part two, part three, sometime in the... Uh, not too distant future, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but no, guys, seriously, it's it's fun doing this. So thanks again to both of you, uh, Mike Higgins, Mike Gandolfo. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you for setting it up, Todd. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't forget, you can follow uh, Matt. Is got a Twitter handle. It is yes. at at TTL Matt. Yes. And that's Matt with two T's, by the way. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. So, those those of us whose I names. I should get on the Twitter. What's yeah. That? Well, Mike said he should get on the Twitter. Well, you know Wait. the uh, the. The uh, handle for our uh, show is at uh, TOSTBMC. So How do you get on the Twitter? Do you have to go on to Google? Google it. Just go on the Google and type that in, and then I'll catch you yeah, to the Twitter. Yeah, just go on the Google. You, yes. do, you do just that. Yeah, do that. Enter your uh, your first and last name, your Social Security number, and they'll take care of the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God my boss isn't hearing this because, you know, I, I don't know. I run the social media for the radio station. They're probably like, uh, you haven't heard of Twitter? <laughs> 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 Oh, uh, Mike, Facebook, to the office, please. In all caps. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, again, uh, you know, just a reminder, uh, don't forget to, uh, to uh, follow us on social media by searching Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook. And again, as I mentioned, our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC. Matt Gandolfo's Twitter handle is at TTLMatt. Um, if you follow the uh, the timeout uh, Twitter, uh, we give you the links to the latest uh, Toddcasts, including this one here, which of course was uh, T-O-S-T, T-T-L Toddcast, and we kind of <laughs> did a little bit of both here. So uh, once again... I make you a promise, and by the next time we do the show, I will have a Twitter handle. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to join Twitter, and I'm going to all of a sudden become... The next Kardashian. You sure you want to... I was going to say they call it like the cesspool of the internet, so <laughs> I don't know if you want to... I mean, that's one yeah, of but, but I could say whatever I want in 140 characters. Uh, it's actually more. I think they extended it now. You can say a few that's more. Just, I mean, Todd, you guys know me well enough to know that I can just say whatever I want. It's a platform I need. With no, with no, I mean, you know, with no consequences. There we go. I'm all set. Oh, yeah, because there's never any consequences for people tweeting things that are untoward. That's <laughs> like, uh, you know, James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, and on that note, once again, thank you to Mike Higgins and Matt Gandolfo. First, Matt, Matt, there's at least one person I can think of that just basically tweets on everything. Yeah, I'm not going there. That happens, unfortunately. Not going there. Yeah, we're not going there either. So on that note, <laughs> until the next time, this is Todd Bloniars reminding you and thanking you for checking out the TOST Toddcast right here. Belmont Media Podcast Network. <laughs>